Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the GLP Report Podcast Live. Uh, this is, I don't even know which number it is. This is the third or fourth one we're doing live. And as usual, we have Jeff from GLP Town Square. Hello. Hello. And uh, who else is here? Um, uh, Patrick. They're not important. Patrick, I am Disney. <laughs> oh, that's hashtag rude. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Elliot from Elliot. Hey. Did you finish your abs this week in time? I told you that I was having a week off for Easter. Okay, fine. Um, and uh, uh, Richie, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, Richie, who was moving last week, so couldn't be here. Um, and um, special guest today, we have Darren from Darren. Darren from Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot from Elliot and Darren from Darren. Special guest. No. I like that. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Thanks Hi, for having Darren me. Darren have a brand. Is that... From Darren BTN, right? So like a personal, that, a personal brand. <laughs> it's a personal uh, brand. It means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> how is everyone? Commonly how, confused. Darren. Sorry. He's just called Darren because of Ron Disney. Darren. Oh yeah, Darren. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Darren is so, certain times of the year. Current, currently, yeah. 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 seasonal. <laughs> seasonal. Se- seasonal yeah. <laughs> stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> Underscore. Yeah. So we started the show with the first song of the day, which which was "Feel the Magic." Obviously, the one one of the di- 1992 songs. I don't know, Jeff. You sent me a different one. There was like a whole show, right? "Feel the Magic" was a whole show. No, there's all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying 1992 was messy already? Uh, no, 1992 wasn't messy, right? It explains a lot. I mean, you know. Uh, but it's a cool song. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, there's definitely been worse since, and uh, I have all the songs from every five year um, on, so uh, the next one will be the fifth anniversary. Um but yeah, happy happy anniversary, everyone! Um, yay! yay. <laughs> of course, our first ever Disney Resort to be closed for its anniversary had to be DLP. Like, it wouldn't be any other way. <laughs> right, but I mean that was just question one day. Exactly. Make a note. Yeah. <laughs> what was the first Disney park to be closed for its anniversary? Of course, not Disneyland Paris. Mm. Yeah, well, the first you know. park was the Walt Disney Studios park. Studios. Yeah. Oh, oh, true. Right, but we don't we don't count that one. Let's go by resort. And next resort was Paris. Yeah. And Tokyo's so, not far up behind. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Tokyo's going to get it too. I mean, and who knows? Disneyland is up in July, like three days. <laughs> so yeah. Um, well, before we talk about all the anniversaries, um, news. There's been some news. I don't know. Um, did we? Well, there's been the Halloween news, but that was last time while we're doing the oh, show. Oh, we were on air. Yeah, yeah, we did that That's one. During my quiz, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah and and so there's oh, been the actually there's been actually some development on this Halloween news. Is that um, I don't know if it's as a result of us tweeting it and finding it, even though it's public and has been put on the website. Uh, they have removed all the casting ads. They're all gone. So if you try no. to go, you try to go to the website for uh, the Halloween casting ad, it doesn't work anymore. So I don't know. What that means. So maybe they're not doing three parties anymore. Uh, I mean, who knows? Yeah. I think I think maybe maybe someone probably in the US said that it was a bit 
weird and insensitive to start casting for November. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like they didn't want this type of news coming out in this period. Like, well, there's there's also that it's really difficult to do casting when you can't leave your house. I think the matter yeah. dance, they're like getting ten videos. Oh, they are. Yeah. Oh. Well, um, also yeah. last week when they were, when <laughs> they were rehearsing, the matter dance is happening. When they're playing uh, Jungle Book Jive, who said that last time? Well, no, Richie, you were moving, but I think that was your news. Mm. What was that? Sorry. Well, they're not playing Jungle Book Jive in the park. Oh yeah, they were testing Jungle Book Jive. They were doing a technical test, so that's like um, speakers and sound, and sometimes fountains and stuff like that. So like, like you know, like technical rehearsal basically, but without actual cast. Um, but yeah, they were testing that in the park, like doing sound tests for it, which is kind of random. No, it's going to be so quiet in that area that everyone worked at walking to Oshan and Baldi would just hear mm-hmm. joy. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's literally what it was. Someone heard it from literally like in the middle of Valdeur, if they could hear it. Walking to Oshan. <laughs> but at yeah. the moment, it does look kind of, it does look kind of unlikely at the moment that it's not going to happen. Oh, it's, there's no chance that that's happening. Well, no. it looks like, so it, this is all kind of rumours and hearsay, but uh, it came out this afternoon, uh, thanks Seb for pointing it out, that mm-hmm. um, it sounds like Macron tomorrow night when he addresses the nation will ban gatherings of 100 plus people until the end of the summer. Now for me, Phil's here announcing this kind of thing this early. Like, you think that would be something they'd say to go out of lockdown, sort of keep the face going during the lockdown? Like, why do you want to say to people who... Because it allows companies to plan. Yeah, that's the thing. Jeff's absolutely right, yeah. Plus, I think it's been public for a while now, like, data and stuff like that has suggested that if social distancing is actually going to work, it needs to be in place until at least August, August. like, stop any chance of relapse. So I think if you just outright say to people, hey, this is what we're looking at, it kind of gives a little bit of timescale for people. Because I think that's what people are struggling with at the moment. If you're a big festival organiser, you don't want to Mm. announce a festival that was June and then go, well, do you know what, we're going to do it in August because it's probably going to be over by then. And then yeah. just have to cancel it again. It makes much more sense just to say, look, this summer, it's not happening, guys. Well, anyway, they've already announced that uh, like concerts and all that were were banned until the 31st of May. And they announced that mm-hmm. like, way at the start. So I think it's probably, like you said, I think it's probably just a way to give people a bit more scope as to what yeah. will not be possible. Because everyone's kind of wondering, when will it stop? When can we go outside again? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if it's clear from the start that they're like, okay, if we ever do get a chance to like go back outside before the end of the summer, here's how it's going to have to happen. And it, it kind of means that everyone, because like the whole thing is like the public message and they have to repeat like a million times before people start like recognizing it as yeah. an So it would make because, sense. But again, it's a rumor. Nobody knows. Because mm-hmm. that's what's happening sort of in the UK, like every day, because there's no idea of any kind of dates. Um, every yeah. single day, the question is, well, when's this all going to be finished? Yeah. Cone says, I heard on the news here that the rule of thumb should be take the time the pandemic lasted, do that times two, and that's the extra period the social distancing should happen. So, Well, the thing is, we haven't reached a peak yet, and so the, the logic would dictate that if we social distance and confined before the peak has been reached, you would obviously need to do that at least the same amount of time afterwards to kind of get away from that. Mm. Like, yeah. It would kind of make sense that you would need to double as much time 
behind the the like the the peak. If not, it's just going to start a second wave, and then we've done this one on. So, yeah. I suppose the 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 cancellation process is 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 that's a process of trying to ease congestion of, of yes. cancelling certain events as we go. So Pride eventually yeah. run Disney is probably not going to happen because that was this month, mm-hmm. wasn't it? For bids to to go yes to yeah. go out this month, so. Yeah, that's the problem. There's no time yeah. for people to buy them. And even like Pride, how many, there, tickets, how many tickets did they sell for Pride back in February? Because that's basically the last time that people were actually still considering that they could go. And uh, so mm-hmm. if they put them back on sale like a week before, they're going to have like a thousand people. I don't know how many tickets have sold, but I mean, it can't be that much. They've been on sale for like not even a month. Um yeah, that's also, true, actually. It was like two weeks or so, wasn't it, before yeah, they it put it on sale, then bit, they did yeah. the thing up to Valentine's Day-ish. And then mm-hmm. like another two or three. Yeah. 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 And, um, I, don't, I don't know how long that pre-sale was for, because they were on sale for a certain period oh, of time. Yeah. It reduced rate, wasn't it? If you buy it, bought, mm-hmm. was it I six it was or more? I think it was two or three weeks, or yeah. something like that. I don't know. I think it was something like that. Yeah, so there'd be an initial surge of people buying stuff, and then mm. tickets, and then, and then slowly... Quieting off, yeah. I have a ticket, but yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a ticket, yeah. But then I feel like, I feel like <laughs> then the, the question then is going to be, you know, I, I think like people are looking forward for the parks to reopen, but when they when they do reopen, it's not going to be like, hey, we're now open, come and enjoy the parks as you know them. I think there's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of changes, and it's possible that we'll just go back into that you know mode that we were in the last week, meaning. No parades, mm-hmm. no nominations, uh, only only uh, uh, for meet and greets. And and Dara even Dara. say would if if they limit the capacity of the parks or the resort as a whole, would they even open Walt Disney Studios? Does it even make sense? Because what is left in there is just like Tower of Matatui, basically. For sure, that's, that's better. As it creates more space. Like they can't just you have to stuff it though. What they have to look at yeah. though is staffing levels once this is over are going to be all over the place because mm-hmm. you don't know how many staff they're going to retain you don't know how many staff are going to go and come back um, how many how many hotels do you open and what do you do with people yeah. who booked at other hotel do you move everyone to disneyland hotel it's, it's like 1992 mm-hmm. all over again let's start closing <laughs> it's, it's gonna be a really weird thing i, I think the rule mm-hmm. of the best way of thinking about it at the moment is Okay, so the parks might be now closed until the end of summer. If they reopen earlier, then amazing. That's great. But don't expect it. Yeah. Would they consider only letting hotel guests in at, at the first? I mean, why not? Um, well, how many people are willing to book a hotel stay just to, like, you know, I don't know. Um, I, it's kind of it's I've, it's kind of unsure what type of person is going to want to actually book a hotel stay. Because yeah. it's all like diehard fans are kind of mad to get back in, but like regular like guests, I'm not sure how many are going to be like. Let's yeah. Be- and then what do you do with pass holders? Because they might just book a room only, but most probably won't. Whose pass do you mm-hmm. extend in that case? Oh boy, yeah. it gets yeah, it gets a messy. bit messy pretty quick. It's also if people want to go back, isn't it? They just yeah. you know, us us as APs want to go back. Families, other people. Booking yeah. a trip, they might, they may, they may slow. They come back over time, I guess. I mean, of well, course, you know, fans well, were going to be there on day one, but I think, like, yeah. if you're a family of four and you're you're not looking at booking vacation, I think for the rest of the year. I mean, like, you know, 
and especially at a theme park, at a crowded theme park, I think there's going to be a lot of families who are going to think twice. Um, even if, it's, they're, if they're loud. For, um, JP Morgan predicted uh, a two and a half year period for attendance but also, pre-COVID-19 level. But you're looking at JP Morgan, who also said, hey, look, the parks are reopened on June the 1st, because that's when you can book from. Like, come on. Hmm. There was another financial institution, I forgot which one it was, who said that they expect in the second half of the current fiscal year to have a 0% attendance, then next year to have a 50% attendance before gradually rising to 100%. That feels like it's more likely because the fiscal year goes to about October for Disney, so... That is rough. That is rough. Well, you know, you know who's like uh, taking the back seat right now is Bob Iger, who got out in February. Was it February? Was it March? Uh, late February. Really though, he's my hero. <laughs> like, no, I don't. I don't think he's taking it. But like, maybe from yeah. our perspective, but I, I doubt there he's just gone okay guys have fun you know no of course no of course i know no of course yeah. i'm sure he's working very hard and he's probably still taking all decisions but on paper this is not his legacy yeah. this is yeah. all on jpeg <laughs> and like you know he's missing kind of like, where is he <laughs> and what like, comes next is on jpeg too uh, yeah exactly <laughs> and jpeg's gonna have to deal with the reopenings with the numbers with with the financial results with all of this so um, the next yeah. financial results are due in two weeks, two, maybe three weeks time, early May. Early May, but for what period though? Of course, uh, that would be for January to March. Yeah. Right. So it might, it might not yet fully reflect because, you know, especially in but, Disney World, people were like literally all there on the last night. I probably would spend less time when you look at those results and that earnings call, probably spend less time on the numbers and spend more time on what do they say about recovery? Because mm-hmm. they have to say something. They can't say nothing. Be, the analysts won't care about the U2. Um, and they'll be queuing up with questions about the future. So I think we'll get something up there. Yeah. Uh, they won't. They won't be able to give any kind of dates because this is just beyond them. It's beyond the oh, governments. No, like it, it will just happen. Oh, when yeah. it happens. But in times. All right. Oh, did we do, did we lose Elliot? Yeah, yeah. we lost Elliot. Chipek <laughs> 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 found him and cut the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dropping off one by one. Click. <laughs> Are we back? Oh, there yeah, you go. Um, um, that's other news. Was going on, like, a great run, and then it went beep, and then like, okay, moving on. Right. Is there any other news, Jeff? I feel like you have other. Yes. News. Oh, there's okay. two pieces of other news. There's the annual pass monthly payments thing, where oh, yeah. they are not taking the monthly payments. Um, they're pausing it until the month following the parks reopening. I guess that's because they probably charged people for this month, right? Um, no, they didn't charge people like from. I, I was meant to get charged on the tenth of April, and they never got charged. So the last time so, I was charged was tenth of March. So I guess they charged people for March. Yeah, and then suspended in April, and they'll pick it up again the calendar month following. So if the parks reopen on like September sixteenth, they'll start charging on October first again. Yeah. 
can reinvest on uh, Disney Plus and flights to Asia. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of weird to me. Uh, I thought I should have made it an option because some like some people have said like, I've seen on Twitter said they'd rather keep paying now than have the payment stop, say if their pass was to expire in three months and then get the extension. But I don't know. So it sounds yeah. like what they're doing is is they're saying, Oh, we're going to extend it for the number of days the park has been closed. It sounds like you will still be paying even after you thought you would stop paying. Yeah. But you're not paying yeah. now. It's yeah, yeah. Weird. I mean no is one it... is getting like they're not getting the extension and and not paying for a few months. Well no, they are, because they're getting the extension but they're not paying, but then they will be paying during the extension. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're not getting the free extension. Like, they're going to get no, extended, no. but then they'll be paying while they extend it. Whether we, who have, people who have paid in full, will get the extension for free. Obviously, they're not going <laughs> to call you up. And, yeah. I thought they were just wanted a bit of cash flow during this time, but I guess maybe they've had complaints. Cohen is asking, didn't he give up 100% of his wage where Chepek only gave up 50%? Yes. So Iger gave mm-hmm. up 100%, but. Also, Iger makes like 10 times more money than Chepek, doesn't he? Yeah. But, well, no. So, Iger gave up 100% of his salary, which is 3 million. They're not giving up the bonus, <laughs> which is well, most I, of their I, income. Iger makes, Iger makes money from the books and everything else as well, doesn't he? So, he's, <laughs> exactly. he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the bonus is nice and fat. Which I started I'm not sure to how read nice the it will be this. Uh... With no revenue from like theatre, no revenue from parks. I'm not sure. Imagine how, how big the um, Disney Plus UK sign-up revenue generation must have been through all of this, because that literally debuted like a, like a week into lockdown or something like that. Uh, so imagine how. Day, yeah. So imagine how many families with like kids who are off school or that kind of stuff have just signed up to Disney Plus. Like, five million in the UK. Yeah, I'd How love many? to see, like, numbers. Did five remember. million on day one in the UK. Wow. Five million? That's half as many as the US. <laughs> I, like, read, I read an article that said in Europe it was 22 million in general in the European countries that they launched it. Yeah. yeah. Good timing for them. <laughs> Excellent timing. And also, like, good legacy for Iger. I mean, this guy has just, yep. like, scored the whole thing. He wanted to... Mm-hmm. Open Shanghai Disneyland. That was one of his big goals. Uh, expand yeah. internationally, like revamp everything international. He did, and then he wanted to add technology. Uh, he did in the parks, and he did online. Someone's reading the book but, at the moment. Know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, actually, that's from the masterclass that I've been watching as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, like in the yeah. world these days. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I started reading the book, and it's a really good book if you haven't read it. The first mm-hmm. chapter. It's a companion to the masterclass. They work nice together. Yeah, they do. Yes. Yeah, but, um, really if, you, if you read the first chapter, it is a shocker. I was like, oh, I've, I, I, brilliant! I, first I'm not going to spoil it, but like, I needed a moment to recover from right. reading I was the like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I like gasped like 15 times. Like what this guy has been through, what the company has been through, what everyone has been through when they opened Shanghai Disneyland is just insane. And we had no idea. We were just like, oh, if, uh, pretty, pretty if castle. You, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want a preview of what that was like, um. If you go to Audible, you can. The preview is mm. part of that first chapter. Uh, is it him reading it's it? Iger it's Iger reading it. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Reads chapter, it yeah. he reads the first chapter and then somebody else carries on. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no. I thought he read the whole book. No. 
Ah, because no. I was almost gonna. Yeah. I I debated getting a free trial for Audible so I could get like his sweet voice on my sound system and just read his book. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, if it's just the first yeah. chapter, then uh, yeah, I think I'm just gonna double check that. Sorry, Patrick, maybe. Bob Iger, he has he has got other things to do. He ain't got time to sit and read his own book. <laughs> do you know how long those audio recordings are? I know it's gonna sound it's gonna sound alike. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess like if you mess up you have to re you have to restart from I don't know where, the start of the paragraph or something. They probably yeah, do like he, several cuts. Somebody called Jim Frangioni reads the whole thing. I guess just does some of it. Oh, okay. Well I'll I'll pass. Um yeah. This what was the preview though, because it is actually him previewing it. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really good. Yeah, I am so sad that he's like eventually going to leave the company. Bye. Mm-hmm. And it's got puzzle. And it's not his, but you know what? Um, now that now that all these crazy unfortunate events are happening, I am kind of glad that Catherine is not in charge of right. you know Disney parks, <laughs> or <laughs> uh, even. Or, or obviously just being the CEO, but that would never happen. But, um, you know, uh, because she's, she's slaying, um, taking her business online with Airbnb experience. I know, she's Zoom, living right? a life at Airbnb and doing margarita classes in Portugal with drag queens, and I'm just here for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she deserves that. She is. You can see the photo on her Instagram. <laughs> she has a pink wig on, and she's just going for it. Uh, <laughs> she's amazing. She's amazing. It's ridiculous, but great. <laughs> yeah, and uh, about the same time that I saw that, I got I saw the video of you know all the cast members and management saying happy anniversary. Um, so that was a bit different. Although um, I feel like if we had had her still at DLP during this time, she would have been sort of like sending out videos and everything to keep people like well, motivated. The thing is, I think. I think that cast member video was, was, you know, obviously not really officially released because mm-hmm. I don't know if they want to have sort of any public, you know, face Publicity, of anyone out yeah. there, you know, characters, yeah. management. I don't know if, I don't know if uh, yeah. you know, she put something on her LinkedIn and it's just photos of, um, of I don't know, random castle yeah, attractions, and party yeah. and stuff. Uh, so I feel like they, you know, they obviously keep it a little profile because you don't want to have. It needs to be quite controlled. Yeah. yeah. Weird, weird, weird. But hey, we're making a lot of noise with all the fans. We're here for it, so you know we'll carry through. Um, was <laughs> Somehow there... <laughs> we'll get through to the end of September. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've got we've got mug of the week, mug mug of the day. Sorry, we're okay. For, we're okay for a while. I <laughs> live for mug of the day. I look forward to that every day. It's the hit of the week, really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you can do this for like most part of a year. You'd be fine. Just do it for the rest of the year. Yeah, I keep kind of like mad. Join in, but then I use the same mug like every day. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Now I wish yeah. that I bought all those times I talked myself out of buying that mug. Wish I hadn't now. I can right, go for about so... five, five more days, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of my Disney mugs are the, the old house, so... You've got tiki mugs, though. You know, that's a whole different type <laughs> yeah, of coffee. Just, yeah. <laughs> just have your family take photos for you. Just have them take photos for you. I debated uh, calling my parents and 
See if they could take photos of the ones that are in the cabinets in France. <laughs> They'd be like, what? Good idea. <laughs> I had quite a good collection because when I went in 95, I was so obsessed because I had been denied for three years. And so finally, you know, my godmother said, yes, I'll take you. And I was just obsessed with everything. Space Mountain, Sequoia Lodge, just all of it. I was just obsessed. I mean, not that, you know. Not much change, I guess, but it was a, it was a different level back then. Not anymore, and here you are on a podcast. And here we are. Um, oh, there's a bee flight going over my house. This is really weird. Um, like I, saw, I had one yesterday, and I was like, huh? I was like, they still exist. Remember planes? Yeah. Oh wow! Right. Uh, <laughs> Other news. Um, ah, thank you for bringing it back to. Uh... <laughs> Eventually, we need to start talking about anniversaries, right? Yes, right. that's going to be in the next section. We have a special guest, so you know, don't um, go anywhere. So Disneyland Paris launched its at-home, Disneyland Paris at-home platform, which is kind of interesting, I think. It's a nice idea. Yeah. I mean, a lot um, of the Disney brands have done this. Yeah, um, so it's got reach, I think, I a few like games and things for kids. Um Oh, you can actually print out the castle and make it in your house. I kind of want to do it. Yeah, and there's a couple of different recipes. So, weirdly, the English and French websites have different recipes because why not? Um, Recipes for a case. The English one only has the um, (laughs) one recipe, if I remember. It has one recipe, yeah. It's the banana rum dessert thing. That was it. Captain Jack's. I was like, who's Uh, really? With alcohol? I've got rum. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Send us your photos, Darren. I can do it while DLT. I'm colouring in or something. DLT, right? <laughs> your mission by the end of the show. Right. Yeah. Okay, you'll hear the printer whirring in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and, but uh, someone the French should do the had... castle, though. I'll, I'll do it. I'll remind myself. Sorry, Jack. I'm trying to remind myself um, what the French site had, because it was something that sounded pretty disgusting, actually, from Inventions. Oh, great. Uh, it's <laughs> part of like... the... Um... Oh, wasn't it like a lentil, a lentil and cola, <laughs> like, risotto thing? Yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah. yes. That, that classic, <laughs> iconic dish. It looks like... It looks, like oh, it looks you can like celebrate Palmer. the frozen season, like at, home, like at the park. It's like... Uh... <laughs> Whereas like, in, in the US, they've released a Dole Whip recipe that isn't even the real Dole Whip recipe. Well, why would they tell you how to make it at home when they want you to spend $6 on the True. True. <laughs> I mean, I just want, I just want the cod soup recipe. <laughs> I want the meaty waffle recipe. They're actually really nice. So I'm on the website now, um, and it looks, I'm on the English version, and they have, so Sven's Crunchy Pavlova at the Silver Spur Steakhouse. So I clicked into it, and the whole recipe's in French. So, you know. <laughs> uh. Well, even, even on the uh, <laughs> what else is new? Seb says, Seb says days are already depressing enough. Don't bring frozen season in my home. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Right, uh, let, let me send. Let me send this in the chat. Like, look on Skype. Someone just put this on Facebook, and they've made like they've made this is great audio for all the people yeah, who okay. are currently not. Yeah, on no, Skype. I'll tweet it out if you want me to. But... <laughs> on the Mixler chat. Oh, I don't know if you can put. I don't think you can, can put you? Um, photos in there. I don't know. Um, oh, right. But, but um, do, do make the castle and then tweet it. And I think Skype. I think Seb should also make the castle. And do you have a printer, Seb? He'll he'll tell me in the chat. Um, <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, do it. 
Oh, there you go. Elliot posted in our yeah. Skype chat, which no one can see. <laughs> Thanks. That looks great. Thanks, Elliot. You know, like by September and the parks be closed, it'd be like, okay, I here's some stuff I've done. Like, <laughs> yeah, gonna be uh, take a selfie with the out. castle. Yeah. <laughs> so, unless unless Jeff, you have another exciting news. No, are we good for news? <laughs> um, I think that's it. Remember um, when we had like a laundry list of things to talk about: new shows, new season, restaurants. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, uh, so. Um, yeah. We have a special guest, thanks to Darren. His name is Andy Garfield, and um, he is a composer, sound designer, media producer. But most importantly, for our um, you know um, interest today, um, he was uh, a part of the opening of Your Disney in 1992. I believe he was in a band, uh, in the band that went through the castle. And so uh, we're going to take a break with the second song, which is the fifth anniversary song. Not their best work, but hey. Uh, it's super and, long as well. <laughs> it's super long. It is five minutes, but you know, we're going to need five minutes to add someone to the call and get all this set up and also to eat some Easter chocolate. So we'll be back in uh, five minutes with Andy, and that should be a really interesting chat. Um, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Disneyland Paris, a world full of fun and fantasy. Come on along, we're ready for you. A Disney celebration is starting. It's the year to be Share some birthday cheer No matter where you come from From near or from afar 
jour c'est carnaval Les faits s'amusent aussitôt Le soir sous les étoiles Tout juste on a commencé Longtemps ça va durer La féerie nous plaît bien Frappez dans nos mains Disneyland Paris To the GLP Report podcast live. This was the longest song. Oh, we've had a great chat during this song. We've learned so much. Uh, yes. you, missed, you missed a great chat. Oh no! So, <laughs> so for everyone at home, that's the an way- iconic song. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah, 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 it is. It's it's a bit it it's a bit like retro and um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's mid nineties. It's definitely mid nineties. Fifth anniversary. <laughs> They played it on loop. They played it on loop in Main Street on the morning of the 12th of April in 1997. It was just constant all the time. <laughs> Did you want to kill somebody afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm done with this that's... place forever. <laughs> <laughs> and they played it on the, on the Eurostar as well. You came on the Eurostar and it would play in the really? station as well. That was fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think we have Andy on the line. Yeah. Hi, I'm here. Nice to see you guys. Or Hi, Andy. Nice to meet you. you. Nice to chat with you. Uh, it's, it's it's kind of early for you. You in LA? Yes, I am. It's about uh, what nine thirty, nine forty-five. Awesome. Well, thank you, thank you for uh, for dialing in our little uh, podcast. <laughs> we do this uh, every week now that we're all in lockdown. Usually, it's more of a monthly thing, but you know, gotta occupy ourselves. Um, so uh, this morning, I think uh, you replied to Darren and said that you were part of the Your Disney opening. I was. Um, so you, you walked through that castle on uh, April 12th. I did. Uh, I, w- I played trombone in the All-American Marching Band, and I was in the front, uh, the front row of all the parades, including uh, during the opening telecast, uh, and the end of which we all ran up uh, to the left of uh, the, the hub there and up into the castle right at the end. And I was one of the first kids, and it was amazing for me because uh, you know I grew up in Anaheim, near Disneyland, and you know I'd, I'd seen you know the old telecast of Disneyland opening in 1955 with all the kids running through the castle, and like I, I got to do that, and it was one of the greatest moments of my life. That's amazing. How did you how did you get to do it? Did you uh, was there a casting, or did you uh, did they recruit in in Anaheim, or how did how did it work? So the All-American Marching Band is still in existence today. Uh, they play at Disneyland every summer, and it's a college program mostly uh, that uh, college kids uh, that are in um, 
you know, symphonic and marching bands can audition for all over the country and then come to Disneyland and play if they're chosen. But for the Euro Disney uh, All-American Marching Band, they recruited kids from high schools all over the country because they wanted this huge, huge band. Um, and uh, I think there were 350 people in the marching band, which is one of the largest ever assembled. And uh, kids from all over the country, uh, you could audit, you could audition, or I think, I don't remember what the audition process was, or even if there is one, I think it was just basically anyone who could afford to go could go. <laughs> oh, they didn't even fly you over. You had to go, you had to get there by yourself. Oh, no, yeah. You had, this was something you had to pay for, for sure. Oh, interesting. And, uh, and, and my, par- my parents gave it to me as a gift. I was a senior in high school, and that was my, my senior gift and trip. I mean, what a memory. Incredible. Amazing. Um, you don't get to open a resort like that often, right? I mean... <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it only just happens open, six times. Just, sorry. sorry, go ahead, Jeff. It wasn't just opening the resort. Uh, the, the park, it was the Disneyland Hotel, wasn't it, as well? And, oh, wow. and then with the Four Tops and the Temptations and then uh, the park in... On the twelfth in the morning as well. There's- yeah, we were there. Uh, we were we were there actually four days before the opening, four or five days before the opening, uh, rehearsing in these giant tents backstage, and um, and out in, the, in these big parking lots uh, and expansion pads for the park, and um, it was it was uh, an incredible logistic feat that they pulled off, and in some ways they didn't pull off. It was it was kind of a incredible experience. I mean, I I. I was one of the older kids there because I was already 18 and uh, I had already traveled internationally because uh, my, my mother was a travel agent. So I had some experience, you know, being in foreign lands, as it were. And so I had all these kids that I was kind of in charge of. Uh, but the tour operators kind of screwed a lot of stuff up. Uh, I, I think they were kind of naive American tour operators and didn't realize that the, for instance, the hotel that we were staying in, uh, the Hotel Ibis in East Paris uh, oh, wow. was was <laughs> in this very dangerous part of town, so we couldn't yeah, leave. Especially at that time. Yeah, we couldn't leave uh, the hotel uh, except for to get on the bus for the hour-long ride out to the park every day. So, wow. we so they didn't went, even we, put you in a Disney hotel. Oh no, no, we were wow. we all stayed in in different hotels in different parts of Paris. It was not really well planned and then um the night of the actual opening uh the buses couldn't get to us so we ended up sleeping at the park after the park opened oh at the exactly at the park in the park yeah just like out in the in the backstage area sleeping on the ground in the tent oh wow <laughs> which i'm sure i'm sure now it's a fun memory but back in the day that must have been quite stressing especially right, for, yeah. for people who were not what. used to travel internationally <laughs> we, we were we were so tired because you know for four days we rehearsed and marched and you know we had to you know learn uh all the formations like for instance the the opening of the hotel uh was really complicated because we had to split up into all these different groups uh, under the uh, under the hotel in the tunnels there, and then the we, but and then uh, the drum majors we had like probably ten or twenty different drum majors, and they all had uh, headsets on with the click track to the show, 
And so we had to just watch them and kind of play along to the track as best as we could. I suppose musically, these Disney songs are actually quite challenging. So to learn them all in sort of four days is amazing. Right, right. And the arrangements weren't done until we got there either. And in, in, uh, uh, I think it was Tony Fox who did all the arrangements. He was the arranger for the uh, the USC Trojan Marching Band. And then uh, Jim Christensen, who just passed last month, uh, he was the representative from Disney uh, who was there as is the sort of a like house arranger uh but uh it was it was an incredible experience we rehearsed that opening um for a day and then over the hotel and then we actually did it and i remember i remember a lot of kids were just so tired you know just if you're in the back and you're not on camera they weren't even, they weren't even playing <laughs> <laughs> oh i suppose because you're jet lagged as well you sort of landed in paris you've been thrown into this hotel in the east of paris and then Suddenly, two days later, you're opening a hotel with music. Oh yeah, and lots of kids. And, yeah, and lots of kids were sick from the flight, you know, and you know oh, the wow. jet lag and everything. And it was, it was just, <laughs> it was like, it was like being in the army, I, I imagine, or you know, something. It was, it, it was quite complex, wasn't it? The, the opening of the Disneyland Hotel, because it, it say that there was the, the marching band, and there was the dancers, the characters, there were cars coming in. There were all yeah, sorts of like elements it, to it. And like I said, there was there was a click track to all of this, so, you know, like a, a click, click, click mm. with the tempo uh, of the music that was playing on the the telecast, you know, that the dancers could hear, that all of the, you know, the TV directors were, were cutting to and everything like that. So our drum majors had headsets on, remote headsets, and they they were the only ones who, who knew exactly where we were in the show, and we just had to kind of like follow them along and guess and hope we were right. I guess the technology but, but, back then was not as easy as now. You couldn't have everyone with an earpiece. It was kind of like you had to follow people telling you what to do. Right. Well, you look at the 2012 Olympics, every single performer had a, had an earpiece on, you know, and that yeah. was, you know, not possible in 1992. But, um, but the most the most iconic moment was was marching in out in front of the castle stage with the four tops and the temptations on stage. And that that's pro- I'm so obsessed with that scene because you just walk so fast in, in, oh, into yeah. that that theater area. It was it's epic moment. I think. Uh, did you get I, Did I you still, get to rehearse I, with them? I still remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, I really do. I really, really remember that because I, I was right in front of the stage because, like I said, I showed you where I was in that that thing. I was yes. Right there. Yeah. Right there. Uh, on the, yeah. On, I was on the on the stage left flank, which is if you're looking at the stage the right. I was on that right side. Uh, coming down right on the edge of that that path and then right up on the stage and then um you know it was, what's so funny is that like for for something like that it's over as quick as it begins because we we basically were standing all three four hundred of us we were all standing and waiting on that path uh uh leading up to the amphitheater there waiting for the queue so we we stood and we watched the whole show until it was time for us to actually uh, march down and perform. And boy, you're right, we were we were moving really fast because it had to happen really fast. It was perfect. It was, like, it was absolutely. Perfect. It was supposed to be a surprise, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was. It was huge. I remember watching it on television back home, and it was it was just this big moment. And and the, I, I don't know what you call them, the captains, the lead captains coming in together and just joining at the front. There it was it was fantastic. Yeah, the, the drum majors. That was their drum idea majors, too. Yeah. That, yeah, that was their idea. They they decided they were going to do that. It wasn't a rehearsed thing. 
So did you get to rehearse with the the four tops and the temptations or was that just did that just happen live one time? We, we did not rehearse with them. Uh, no. the, they had their own rehearsal facility and I think they did a, did a sound check and then they went on. Uh, we had re, we had been practicing that piece uh, you know on and off with all the other pieces you know it was actually very very it was one of the easier pieces to play because it's just you know that was brilliant brilliant moment i was gonna say after you finished with your duty did you actually get time to explore the resort or anything or was it sort of all over before you could have imagined uh, no, we did. Uh, the actual opening day, the next day, we got to uh, experience the park uh, uh, on our own. So it was uh, it, on the press day was the next day. Uh, and that's when we got to, uh, if I recall, um, that was that was the day we got to explore the park. Um, and there was I think we have, if I'm trying to remember, we did have one free day. I don't remember if it was the press day, because there was there was the, the, the day where we did the show. Uh, and then I think there was the day after that that was press day that was not open to the public. I think that was the day that we were allowed to explore the park. Yeah. Everything must wow. have been freshly painted and brand new. and. Uh, and... Oh, uh, to that point um the whole four days leading up to it uh you talk about fresh paint they were painting they were painting the park i remember walking through frontierland because there were times where you know we had like it was you know it's just like the rest of uh, entertainment it's all hurry up and wait so sometimes you know we'd be like oh well we have three hours before they need us over here so like we would just wander around the park when we we weren't supposed to we were supposed to stay in one particular area or whatever but everyone would just like you know, go yeah. off on their own and everyone's and too busy to care. Yeah, and exactly. And there's there was no security to speak of. I mean, I saw like Michael Jackson walking around by himself and wow. Elizabeth Taylor and you know, all these mega stars were there for the opening and just wandering around on their own because you know the park wasn't open. So and it was just all yeah. you know the entertainment crews and Those whatever big a list celebrities went, went to that it's about a five right. I mean, doesn't co- doesn't sound so much now but i think it's cost about five million pounds to to put on that that night honestly that i have that. no idea that, that that doesn't surprise me but yeah which is a lot of money then in the days leading up to it that we were rehearsing there the uh crews were painting uh overnight you know they had infrared lamps uh you know, on the buildings to get the paint to dry faster. I remember reading in my book they had didn't they have some places have tents as well where they would heat the tents to try and get oh, sure. the paint to dry quicker. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because that that can hark back to Disneyland where you know they were finishing. The I was going to say it's kind know. of a tradition, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder For if sure. they were painting Shanghai Disneyland uh, at the last minute, or if, or if now they've sort of have a, a better, you know, time frame La- timeline. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's it's you know, a building a theme park is is an incredibly incredibly complex thing to do. I mean, I worked on the Warner Brothers World at Abu Dhabi. Uh, for three years, I did about a third of the music for that park and half the sound. And I was there for the opening. I was there actually, like, at my own expense, like, on vacation. And mm. uh, I was there six days before it opened. And I, was, I wasn't I was on the ground for 15 minutes before I was put to work. 
uh, <laughs> mixing this or editing that or whatever. And we, you know, we were doing it right up until the actual opening. Josh. So you so you went through the castle as the fireworks were going off, the ribbon didn't cut, you were going through the castle and then you went through yep. to Fantasyland. Were you then, to, did you have to stand in Fantasyland or were you ushered somewhere else? We were all just like screaming and yelling and hugging each other <laughs> and jumping up and down and, you know, our, our, our instruments in the air and everything like that. It was, it was a really emotional, it was really emotional, not only that what we were doing, but we had, what we had done, it was the culmination of, of five days of exhaustive work and, and, you know, no sleep and no food and no fun. And, you know, we were just a bunch of kids and it was just like, that was the end of the show. And we, we'd finally done it. And, you know, <laughs> I remember too, is that a lot of us, we all stopped in the middle of the castle, you know, in the atrium there, we were all stopping there, but we, there were 300 people still to come after us. And we, <laughs> they, they had to, they had to push us through onto the other side, you know, like everybody keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Wow. <laughs> and then, and, uh, sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Was there a kind of sense at that moment of how huge the moment was? Absolutely. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was, you know, we all knew it was live television uh, and the fireworks were going off and the and you know, it was uh, there were fireworks, you know, on the castle and around the castle. And uh, so it was, you know, a little bit like a war zone, too, where the with the pyro going <laughs> yeah, off. Directly I had, over like, our in heads. A book I read and, like the, the, someone said that the pyro was actually like falling down on you guys as you were coming through. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there, you know, but it, it was, it wasn't, we didn't feel unsafe. I never felt unsafe. It was just, you know, it was Part of the excitement, so, I guess. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. The adrenaline was, you know, through the roof. Because I really haven't sort of done anything since then as big as this when they've opened the park or anything like sort of worldwide broadcast with all these A listers. So it really was a moment. Yeah. It's definitely I mean, the last time they, the, they did that. That's the biggest yeah. press moment for any park, I think. I mean, anniversaries yeah. are big and important, but I think you never you never get again to that level. Just like Shanghai will never get again to that level, or even Tokyo. Um, you know, sort of Shanghai I, didn't even have this sort of big opening as much. Sort of uh, broadcast. Shanghai had events, a turned so. down opening because yeah. of the whole stuff happening in Florida. If you remember, they had to yeah. turn it down. Well, Shanghai, uh, Shanghai had a big opening for China. I mean, it was a very Chinese, yeah. it was a very Chinese opening, you know, with the, you know, sit and watch show and, and the special pyro show. And, and it was, there was a special broadcast uh, in China as well, but it wasn't, you know, the exuberant kind of Western, you yeah, know, flamboyant. live, live extravaganza like they had. Well, I think they were kind of mindful of that too, right? They wanted to make sure that they were coming off too strong culturally and, and not too American and not too, you know, it's, it's a delicate balance, I think, in China, in China whether in Europe, they, could, they just went for it because, you know, they thought, I mean, they thought Europe would embrace the park maybe a little more than they did. It was, it was rough beginnings, but, uh, for sure. but, but the opening ceremony definitely was world-class. Um, have you been, have you been back to the park? Uh, since then, I'm assuming you what's have. What's funny is, what's <laughs> funny is that two two years later, uh, in 1994, I went back with my parents, and uh, we oh. had a vacation there. Uh, and that is the the last time I was there. I was gonna go again uh, this spring. I have uh, I have some clients uh, in Belgium. Uh, hi, Etienne, if you're listening. Uh, if uh, I was gonna come out there and we were gonna go, I was hoping to see uh, see their. Uh, Disneyland Paris with snow 
this year. But, oh, uh, beautiful. Maybe, it, maybe next year. It is it is quite <laughs> rare, though. I mean, you know, all of us on social media, we make such a big deal out of it. But really, the, there's only about a couple days every year that uh, that is really bright and beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Then it, then it melts and, and becomes more of a mess. Than Hazardous. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier to us that you did a bit of work with Imagineering as well. That For what? That you did some work with Imagineering, did you say? Yeah. So when I, while I was at USC, uh, I had the great fortune of meeting a lot of really, uh, really great mentors. And one of them uh, was Glenn Barker at Imagineering. And he... Uh, he gave me a job there in the uh, audio video department uh, for wow. a, about, a, about a year or so. Um, and uh, I basically was just sort of an assistant there for, for a while. But I got to be there. Uh, it was funny. It was a weird time. It was, you know, after Disneyland Paris, before Animal Kingdom. So it was a lot of, like, weird corporate layoff kind of stuff happening. Yeah. But uh, Do you sort uh, of hear about all the projects that are going on as you're working there? Or is it all quite confidential? No, once you're in there and you're working there, you yeah. know everything for the most part. Wow. I mean, I saw all kinds of uh, sculptures for the the Beastly Kingdom part of Animal Kingdom that got shelved, wow. and they were they were sculpting the Tree of Life and the uh, all the uh, safari uh, rock works and things like that. I could walk through all of the top secret areas and whatever like behind the black curtains and see all these sculptors sculpting the yellow foam for the um, for the rock work and everything. It was really cool. Amazing, <laughs> and I got to I got to go to the uh, the recording session for the orchestra for the uh, uh, the spaceship Earth uh, with Jeremy Irons. Oh wow! Oh wow! Wow! That is such like a fan, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many fans walking around that building? <laughs> how many fans would love to be there for that? <laughs> I oh, guess we're getting a new cool. narration soon, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, sorry. I guess we're getting a new narration for Spaceship Earth at some point. I think it's going to be all new. I think it's going to be all new music and narration. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be a lot of new show scenes and, and you know augmentations yeah. of the show scenes and whatever. I mean, they're going to be closed for so long. It's going to be on even now. It's probably longer. So it's going to be like probably, I would guess, two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll, you'll definitely, be like you'll, you definitely have to come and visit when the new extension opens at Walt Disney Studios because, you know, we're getting Marvel oh, frozen sure. and all those things. <laughs> Andy, Andy I've, Andy, I've got a great idea, though. The 30th anniversary is coming soon. We, we need, Could we recreate this band, this marching band, for the 30th? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Could, that's kind of, my, it's kind of my new dream now. How many people do you know who were, who were in the band? Are you still in touch with anyone? Uh, you know, uh, just a few of them. Um, you know, we, you know, after, after we got back, we all went to, you know, our different uh, colleges and universities and whatever. Um, and I lost touch with most of them, but, um, you know, I think it's, it's possible. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm planning on going for the 30th uh, anniversary for sure. Uh, barring any further global calamities. <laughs> <laughs> did you get to keep the, did you keep the, the uniforms, the, the outfits? Cause they all had, you had every band member had I, the same outfit, kept, wasn't it? I kept that, the, the shield with the, the, the big plastic shield with yeah. the on it. So, so here's the deal with the uniforms. You know, I say uniforms in quotes because we were all wearing our own band uniforms Okay. with, with these overlays that they put on us, the capes and the shield and the spats for the shoes. So most of it was yours anyway. Huh? So most of it was just yours anyway. 
Right, right. So, uh, and I kept the, the, and it was just a, I kept that plastic fabric covered shield with the D on it. And unfortunately, I, uh, I had it in a storage space that I lost years and years ago. So, unfortunately, I lost all that stuff. Oh. <laughs> it looked great, though, in, in uniform, all, all of them together. It was, it was a really smart look. Yeah, it, it looked, it was very effective. I mean, it, you know, with all of the, the, you know, the logistical snafus uh, that the trip, you know, had in store for us, it, it definitely was mission accomplished for the, uh, for the uh, opening. Did you get to meet any of the Disney execs, like Michael Eisner or, or anyone else? No. No. No, no, no. Like, we, we, were, we, 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 were so, <laughs> we were so separate. I mean, uh, because I knew uh, our partner and Tony Fox from USC, because I was going to USC that fall, I'd already met them. Uh, and, uh, I was from Anaheim and I knew Buddy Baker and all this kind of stuff. I was, I was singled out, uh, to be the one kid that was interviewed. We did a whole interview with, uh, what's his name? Pat, uh, Pat O'Brien. Uh, so I met, I hung out with Pat O'Brien for a while because I was interviewed as like the representative of the band. Uh, they were going to do a little package. Uh, about the band uh, during the telecast, and we recorded this whole interview with me um, uh, as, like, you know, here's one of the band members of this, you know, the band that you can see that's really blurry. Um, and uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they never aired it. They were going to use it for like Good Morning America or one of the Today shows or one of the one of those, but unfortunately, it never aired. But I got to. What was what the best part was for me is that I got to like hang out and not rehearse for like two or three hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because there is that, thir that it's about thirty minute YouTube program that that I linked you with last night. That it's a complete behind the scenes look of what the marching what band is, did. What that is is that was a VHS that we all got uh, in the mail oh, wow. like six months later, wow. uh, and I think my mom still has that VHS somewhere. Uh, but I. Uh, I hadn't seen that, you know, in 20, 25 years. Really? It's, a, it's wow. an amazing watch. It's so, it's, it's so incredible to watch that program. Yeah. It, it was so emotional for me to watch. I watched, I watched the whole thing last night <laughs> laying in bed, like, you know, quietly weeping. You said, I'm crying, I'm crying. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was very emotional, really emotional. For sure, yeah. Especially to see a, 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 a young, handsome version of myself with all my hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's a throwback yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right um does does anyone have any more questions jeff? i just i just wanted to, i just wanted to know sorry i'm not jeff I'm patrick just, um, yeah, um i just wanted to know so you've been to anaheim uh when you were before you went to disneyland paris uh your disney did you go to, to anaheim before you knew the parks i imagine uh had i been to anaheim before yeah i i grew up in anaheim so you'd obviously been to Disneyland. So what was was there? Uh, what was the kind of the feeling about going to your Disney? Was there like was it like similar? Was it different? How, was it like what did you? What was your kind of impressions knowing that you already knew a Disney park already? Well, I mean, I've been to Disneyland hundreds of times before that. I mean, I literally would ride my bike there and and you know hang out all summer. Uh, but uh, I had been following it uh, in various uh nerd outlets at the time like storyboard magazine and uh others uh and you know newspaper and 
other magazine uh, articles about you know Disneyland Paris being uh, designed and built and things like that, and also the the National Fantasy Fan Club uh, uh, conventions, which is what turned into D twenty three kind of uh, years and years ago. So I mean, I'd seen like the castle. I knew about Phantom Manor, and I knew that it was a very much more artistic and richly artistic uh, interpretation of this the typical castle park. And I, you know, I knew a lot about what was, you know, what it was, and I'd seen a lot of pictures and construction pictures and stuff. So, but to be there and see it in person, you know, was you know, it's indescribable. You know, it was nothing like it existed at the time, and and to see such a beautifully artistic interpretation of this place that I already knew so well was, you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, blows your mind, especially at a young age. I remember, I remember, I remember specifically being really dazzled by the, the incredibly detailed and intricate main street that they have there. That was, you know, it's, it's, it's like, the Disneyland and Walt and Magic Kingdom, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, sort of like combined in terms of right. scale with the beauty and of the arcades. With like with the addition of the arcade on on the 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 east side, uh, but it was uh, you know just like there was so much more detail and story in each you know building, and you know it was uh, the, I remember just being blown away by that. Also, my I loved Phantom Manor. You know, the, it was actually you know, kind of scary at parts, you know, with all the skeletons and whatnot, you know, compared to the haunted mansions in the US. Was that your favorite attraction or did you have a another favorite attraction at Disney Empires? No, my favorite attraction was by far the Visionarium. Uh, oh, the oh. timekeeper. I loved the Visionarium. I remember <laughs> yeah, uh, on my last the last uh, few hours of my last day there, uh, all I did was I just like I was just went on the Visionarium like o- over and over and over again. Uh, mainly because I, I love the music that Bruce Broughton score was just incredible. Um, how so you came from Anaheim and you went into Discovery Land for the first time. Um, how how was that going into a land that is kind of familiar but a bit different? Well, the Discovery Land is really different from the Tomorrowland at Disneyland. You know, it's that sort of steampunk Jules Verne kind of, you know. Uh, style you know uh what was interesting uh what was really interesting was to see the the hyperion blimp uh design in the discovery land you know that uh that i had seen uh the art for the discovery land uh D- discovery bay for that was intended for right. disneyland where the star wars land is now uh to see that it was it was a really cool thing to see how uh imaginary can interpret a design from one thing into another completely repurposed, you know, for this, you know, Tomorrowland, Discoveryland, as it were. Yeah, ideas never die. You always, uh, you always see some concepts that are, that are cancelled and just pop up 10 years later somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, anyone else? More questions? No, no, okay. It's been amazing. <laughs> well, probably, so, probably so many, but yeah, <laughs> another <I> mean... time. <laughs> Thank you so much for, check Twitter for see if anyone has any questions. Sure. I mean, I haven't seen anything yet. Um, thank you so much for dialing in to our little anniversary uh, live podcast. It was such a nice surprise. I'm so glad we, you know, we connected with you. And uh, don't be a stranger. Well, it, it was my pleasure. And it was very serendipitous that uh, I happened to see that tweet and commented. And, well, here we are. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And no problem. Thank you, Andy.
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, Darren, thank you. Wonderful for to hear your stories. Yeah. Take and, care, uh, guys. And um, we'll... Uh, we just have a tweet from Rachel saying um, that this, this is the best Disney story. It's great guest today. Uh, oh, so, oh, thank you, Rachel. Oh, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take another music break. And uh, we've done we've done the fifth anniversary. Um, and uh, did we do the 10th anniversary? No, we do the 10th anniversary now. So this is the 10th anniversary song, which is actually the name of the track. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, imagination track. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't really. They were like, well, it's the 10th anniversary. We're just going to have that song. Well, it was only one day that year. They didn't actually do anything for the year, did they? Yeah, because Must- the 10th anniversary was when they opened studios, wasn't it? So oh, yeah. I think the spotlight was very much on Walt Disney Studios and so Disneyland Park only had... Regretfully. They had like a <laughs> scroll scroll in the castle for about two or three days, maybe. It was a hey, um, very, very ornate, amazing scroll that lit up at night and only for a few days. Yeah. Yeah, they also added a float on the parade, but I can't remember for how long for it. It was just a big cake. It's a cake, yeah, yeah. before the wonderful world of... Disney Parade, Disney Parade yeah. yeah. That's that right. But that's the one that had um, Mickey and Minnie black and white, right? And the theme The back, best yeah. parade. Yes. Yeah, that's good. the one. Yeah. All right. So here's the, here's the 10th anniversary song, and we'll be right back in three minutes. To be celebrating Whether you are 
love this little rap at the end, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> Was it the style? We, in we were literally just saying that. Like. <laughs> Donald's quack. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever, whatever works. I also saw. I'll have to dig it up. I'll um, maybe I'll put it on Twitter or something. I saw an ad from the UK for I think the fifteenth anniversary, and it was just like the weirdest ad with weird music and where kids it has, jumping around where it has like the some pizza pan, the pizza pan music from the other studio from the live action one isn't it yeah, yeah. that's, not yeah, that's very yeah. Yeah. but they used it everywhere they used so the, the candle elaboration can mm-hmm. candle yeah but they also used um they also used it on the Walt disney world ads like about a year earlier or something like that yeah, yeah the red carpet wasn't it flying through the streets and yeah yeah things it was a really cool like campaign the 15th was just stellar yeah can we talk about how amazing the past has been and the story we're just amazing you know we just captivated and i just didn't want it to end (laughs) it was like i think dave uh darren or dan i can't remember when you were introducing him coming on the podcast i was like okay this sounds really cool and then just the deeper you go, it's just like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Like, so literally, before you put the 30 <laughs> seconds thing, he was like telling us, like, oh yeah, by the way, I work for Imagineering. And then suddenly you come on, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how many people were involved in the creation, in the launch, in the operation, but, and just making all of this also, happen. You know, just like... you know, he did this thing for the park on its opening day, just as a marching band member, because that was clearly his passion at that point. And he's carried it through to themed entertainment. Like, yeah, that's absolutely. Pretty mm-hmm. nice. They made them pay like, for their own hotels and I know, yeah, you had to pay to get there. But I mean, you know, it's not that different from performing arts who actually pay to perform in Disneyland Paris today. True, very true. Um, so I guess they didn't, they, they didn't get paid, but, you know, they, they got to be part of, of that yeah. amazing show. And you can put that on, you, on your resume, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We can, uh, we can put out that um, the, the YouTube, the 30-minute show that he was talking about, the home video show, because yeah. it, it's, mo- it's the most fascinating watch, because you see behind the scenes of the whole opening ceremony and everything. It's just, it's, it's a really fascinating thing to watch. I have not watched the whole thing, but I will now. That will be my entertainment for after the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, Patrick. Oh, please don't <laughs> follow up that massively <laughs> great bad quiz <laughs> like we want something else I don't know I feel like that's like as good as the show so thanks for joining us this week have a nice week <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry the, the music is next already week. playing which means it's time for the quiz with one Z next week is just us going crazy again I know <laughs> we've peaked now yeah oh god <laughs> Well, next week. That's really terrible. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) It's literally like opening Disney on Paris and then following up that with Hong Kong Disney, Andrew. Like, okay, great. Um, uh, uh, (laughs) Hong Kong Disneyland, be nice. (laughs) Uh, No, but still, it's never going to be as good. Anyway, okay. It's like teleporting from Main Street to Backlot, and you're just like, ugh. I'm sorry. I'm the I'm the personification of Backlot. Hi. <laughs> so what, bad. Let so me just get so wine. much more beautiful. <laughs> but, oh God. Um, anyway, Darren, as I was explaining, basically the one thing that the only rule of this game is say your name when you want to say the answer. Ben hasn't mastered that yet, but maybe third week. We'll <laughs> 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 
Okay. answer. It's not all the way around or just <laughs> or just saying I'm anyway. Okay, right. I've I've made some questions. You, these are all going to be so so easy. Um. But anyway. Okay. Are we ready for question one? Let's go. We're ready. Okay. Right. Um, which future president of France was French Prime Minister at the signing of the convention between the Walt Disney Company and French authorities greenlighting the construction ben. of your Disney resort? Ben. ben. Jacques Yes, correct. Oh, I was waiting for you to finish the question. Ben. You know what? If they're easy questions, then scream your name as soon as you know the answer. Okay, next question. Number Fine. Two. What crop on, grown in the fields where Park Disneyland stands today? Jeff. Jeff. Wheat, I think. No, Ben. Ben. Beetroots. Correct. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Number three. At the wow. signing of the convention, what what gift did Michael Eisner give to the government and people? Jeff. Of yeah, Jeff. It was a frame, I think, of animation of uh, the evil queen giving Snow White the poison apple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Old tag. Yeah. Well, great. What a choice. What a, what a <laughs> What a choice. <laughs> didn't, they want, didn't they want Mickey Mouse to sign the convention? Like, didn't they ask if that was possible? Well, oh, Mickey, could, Mickey, can, Mickey can hold a pen. I mean... No, well, like, the French government said no, but... <laughs> yeah, because you have to have someone official. You can just have, like, a performer... I genuinely think they wanted that. They tried to get that to happen. Could you imagine, like, like, like Michael Eisner walking up to Hong Kong, like, here's a present. It's the it's the old hag giving Snow White. We're gonna be parking your country, like, yeah. like I understand the whole like like tongue in cheek, but I'm kind of like, really, was that like really what you were going for here? Um, I mean, or like, yeah. or like the the Walt Disney Company break the convention, were like, well, you know, like they come up, well, you know, Mickey Mouse signed it. Mickey Mouse isn't real. Jeff, <laughs> yes, he is. Shut up. Okay, question number three uh, or four. Um, at the uh, no, uh, which temporary site opened on December fifth, nineteen ninety? Jeff. Yeah. Preview center. No, I want the name of it. I'll take Euro. Disney oh, Darren. Darren. Darren, what Darren, the, Darren. Jeff, what is it? Darren. You're a Disney preview center. <laughs> Give it no. to Darren. <laughs> Darren. I'm, I'm literally and um, it's it was it Espace Euro Disney right. or something? Oh well Espace. Done. Yes, yes. There you go. They uh, only knocked that down kind of recently, by the way. Like yeah. Yeah. Did they? Still there? Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's Where? a shell like, of the building. Abandoned yeah. and derelict and just full of graffiti and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. But I, where, where I, is it? Was uh like outside Outside the circle or in the circle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was outside. Oh, outside. Yeah, very outside. Yeah. Um, this question is going to sound really like easy, but I made it last week when uh, none of this had been, when we hadn't had just done the previous part of the show. Uh, of the hotels present at the resort <laughs> at the time of opening, which one was the last one to officially open? Oh. Elliot. Elliot. Did it the last hotel? It was, correct. Because that was when the band thing happened. Mm -hmm. uh, Why? Because they had the band. Yeah. <laughs> they, the they had the hotel, media. And... Oh, right. Yeah. Opened and Festival Disney opened on the 10th of April. And then the Disneyland Hotel opened on the 11th. Was there a dog? 
Sorry, <laughs> I was going to say, that's Woody answering. Woody. Imagine <laughs> someone staying at, like, Newport Bay on the tents, like, with no, with no park. Like, ooh, the hotel. <laughs> that would be us, but, like... Uh, they had this whole, like, thing, didn't they, on the lake that night? Yeah, the and they, they had, like, the whole... Fancy. Little Mermaid, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, King, yeah. Triton, so. King Triton, that's it. That, those pictures are insane. I would love yeah. for that to be, like, a thing now. Yeah, and you know, um, I when I went even in '95, the hotels I felt were in such better shape. I was my first hotel was um, Cheyenne, and it was just like really perfect and beautiful. And the whole road in the middle wasn't concrete yet; it was like you know dirt. And oh, that's I kind of that like uh, two years ago. They had all those like theming elements and everything, and just the rooms were were just super fun. It was uh, good times. Anyways, oh, next, gosh, questions. Yeah. <laughs> next question. <laughs> On April 11th, 1992, which duo presented the ITV special Your Disney, the grand opening? Darren. Darren. Is this the UK, did you say? Yeah, yeah, UK. UK. Well, it's Pat Sharp and Matthew Kelly. Our friend friend Richie, our friend Pat Sharp. Our dear friend. (laughs) I remember Matthew, I'm going to be. And we tweeted it and Pat Sharp liked it and you guys lost it. I know every like, every year it's it's a thing now every year that he yep. he tweets us yeah or we tweet him every year he's like oh they're not going to do it again are they <laughs> he's he's what an English TV legend he's a legend <laughs> <laughs> April eleventh every year why crazy <laughs> <laughs> people um. Okay, which American queens of pop sang songs on the video up at a stage during the grand opening show on 11, April 11th, 1992? Elliot. Darren. Elliot. Yeah. Cher. Cher. And another one? Come on, come on. Like, uh, no. Ben, Liza Minnelli? <laughs> no. Just from our previous chat, I'm reusing the information. <laughs> Darren. Tina Turner. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yes. So Don't what happens win. now? Do you do half the points for each? Or how oh, you get one point each. There you go. Yeah. So Darren has three points. Jeff has one. Alia has two. Ben has two. And Richie is yet to score. Um, oh. Okay, next. According to figures stated at the time, how many people were in attendance at the grand opening gala on April 11th, 1992? Oh, shit. <laughs> I got lost halfway through that question. <laughs> according to figures stated at the time, how many people were in attendance in the park at the grand opening gala on April 11th, 1992? April 11th. I guess okay. we're just going to have to start with guesses. 5,000? Well, no, well, they said it during the show, Darren, so I thought you would know. <laughs> I was too busy <laughs> tweeting stuff. You know, I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> well, does anyone have a guess or will I just tell you? 5,000. Uh, Not 5,000, it's more. Ben, oh. uh, 15,000. More than 15,000. Oh, Richie. 25,000. Richie, sorry. 50,000. Oh, Richie's the closest so far. I think I'm just going to give it to Richie. It was 45,000. So, oh, yeah. There's a lot of people. Gosh. Yeah, That's there was a big up, I guess they were quite spread out, sort of class and stage, Videopolis, well, Main Street. When you look at but when you look at the hard ticket capacity even now for, yeah. uh, for the park, it's about 35,000 they try and get in. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Um, okay, currently, that sounds like a lot of people in one place and kind of giving me anxiety. (laughs) 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 Is there a between all these people? Um, uh, uh, so 
Next one. In which year were attractions based on Beauty and the Beast and the Little Maid, Mermaid to, to arrive at your Disney? Ben. Elliot. Ben. 94. 1994. Correct. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> I watched a video earlier. Storybook land. Was yeah. that <laughs> And we got and Indiana we Jones and the Temple of Peril and Storybook Land. Fantastic. Uh, uh, not quite, because uh, Indiana Jones and Temple of Peril was a year before. No, I mean, like, in 1994, what did we have? We had... Uh, oh, right, yeah. And Storybook Land, great. Um, okay, on opening day, who was president of your Disney SEA? Jeff. Ooh. Jeff. It was Philippe... Uh, is it Bourguignon? No, no, he actually replaced it. So that's was this the, uh, did you say the opening? It was an American guy. Ben. On, on opening day, who was ben. president of your Disney SEA? Ben. 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 Was it Patrick Fitzgerald? No, yes. it's not, that's, that's no? Actually, no. Is it wrong? He, it's kind of right, but you was name in the wrong order. Oh. Oh, damn it. Am I not close enough? <laughs> no. No, it's Robert Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, no. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> I thought you were right, Ben. I it, was... <laughs> it sounded <So>. right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next. Find the odd one out. Between the three propositions, which one is the odd one out? And it's for the reason that's written on my screen, not for, like, some of the reason that you're probably going to think of the island. Um, <laughs> so, between the... Find the odd one out. Constellations, Lily's Boutique, and Sir Mickey's. Jeff. Jeff. Is it constantly... Constellations, oh, no, constellations Richie. Richie. Ben, ben. Oh, wow. Richie. Uh, it's not Constellations, Richie. Uh, Lily's Boutique, because that's not an original opening day store. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, good. It used to be oh, part of Waltz. Yeah. 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 Downstairs. Yeah. Downstairs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Constellations, because it still has its 1992 window display. Richie. Uh, okay. awesome. Yeah. Uh, for a bonus point, can you tell me the full name of Lily's Boutique? Oh, um... Uh, it's uh, it's like Lily's Boutique and Home somethings no. or um, Lily's Boutique yeah. Bar and Grill <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> Lily's Boutique Unique off. Century oh. Notions <laughs> Lily, Lily's Boutique L'Aventure Totalement Ok de Walt <laughs> <laughs> no, really. um, I don't know actually the full name no. it's, does anyone know? No. no Lily's Unique Boutique New century notions. <laughs> no, it's Lily's boutique items for a sweet home. I feel like Richie was almost there because he knew there was home in a part of it. You saw about home, yeah. Yeah. Okay. On opening day, what was the name of Restaurant Hakuna Matata? Jeff. Jeff. Restaurant des Epices. No, that's incorrect. What? No. Snap. Who is eating? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think we know. Does anyone know? Does anyone know? No. It was like Africa, African something, or Africa. Yeah, it was, it, when I saw piece, isn't a million times wrong, but it's not correct, and uh, it, it's Ose Pisa Enchanté to the oh, enchant- I, I knew it was something spicy. God, that, is shit, <laughs> that is a shit name. <laughs> <laughs> and now, you, now I have to think of a different question for the upcoming couple of days for my Twitter. Damn it. Yeah, no. <laughs> you stole it. <laughs> what mode of transportation did Mickey and Minnie take on the float for the Disney Classics Parade? Darren. Darren. Oh, it was a um, Zeppelin, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm, 
was a rocket type Zeppelin. Ben, was it a hot air balloon? No, no, let down. I feel like it's not really a Zeppelin, Darren. It's kind of like an. Uh, well, I didn't see it as a Zeppelin, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because I don't want to have a fight. Uh, I, thought, <laughs> I, thought, I thought. Fight, it was fight, 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 fight. <laughs> Let's fight. Yeah. If you said it was a Zeppelin, I'm giving you the point, but I thought it was an airplane. Anyway, okay. Um, the, the, the balloon, though, was, I think, um, the one for the 15th, which I've forgotten just like Yes, the, that's right. The, yeah, dreaming something, I don't know. Once Upon a Dream Parade. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, the balloon bears. The gummy, the gummy bears, bears like planes. planes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the gummy bears planes. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that was the best float. That was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in an interview with French magazine Le Point, Michael Eisner famously said when discussing the future of the resort that anything is anything is possible today, including what? Jeff. Yep. Budget cuts. Uh, <laughs> sorry i didn't know so i had to just joke you're not you're not far wrong to be honest so this is just in context this was in 1994 oh oh um richie 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 bankruptcy oh you're really close but it's elliot. not yet elliot Pleasure? yes it's correct yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ash said the railroad reopening <laughs> I was going to say a president taking a video in front of Ernst. <laughs> uh, no, this is deep enough in the podcast that no one from Disney should be listening. <laughs> well, well, the railroad opening, what's a railroad? I think it's Disneyland Paris' answer to that question. Um, so, uh, next, which Imagineer was the executive designer for Space Mountain de la Terre à la Lune at Disneyland Paris? Jeff. Jeff. Tim Delaney. Correct. And the last mm. question, everyone gets to have a go at the last question, even though... Do we oh, not have so, to say our names? This is like my favorite again. question. It, it's a numbers question, so everyone gets Yay. to go. Oh. Yay. 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 I know everyone. <laughs> um, how many days have passed since the park park's official opening on April 12th, 1992? Uh, oh, my God. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, what, what's your guess? Oh, no. Why me first? Oh. Okay, so, well, okay. Well, <laughs> no, no, guess, no, no. What's your guess? No, wait, so... Um, Jeez, are you counting open uh, days? Like, are the cl- days that we've been closed for, do they count? Oh, no, <laughs> I want just days in general. 80,000 days. 80,000? 80, 800,000. I was going to go 10,000. 10,000. I'm going to say 9,000. Um, Elliot? I'm just guessing. Um, <laughs> I got like 10,200. Oh, that's a bit Oh, of... he's Googled that. Uh, um... Yeah, well, he's. are you reading the chat? Because Ash said 10,230-ish. Ash, you used, a, <laughs> you used a calculator or something. Okay, I'm, I'm getting a I'm going to guess, out. yeah. My guess is 10,227 days. That's my guess, Elliot. That's, that's boom <laughs> on the money. Well done, Richie. No one says um... the rules to use a calculator. Oh, did you this use is... a calculator, Elliot? This is anarchy, lawless land. <laughs> Um, <laughs> can we just disqualify Elliot for this calculator use? Yes, yeah. he still didn't win, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so actually, coming up, pulling up the rear this week is Jeff with two points, 
Elliot, <laughs> and, Elliot, Ben, and Richie are on three points, but our winner is our guest, Darren. Oh, congratulations! Thank, thanks so much. Well Do I win a mug? Uh, <laughs> you have the mug. <laughs> I don't have a mug that you don't have to offer you, so no. Ah, that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> you can have more TLP report badges when I see you. I was going to say the best guest reward, but um, sorry, you brought on this best guest. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined that one. I feel like there's pressure to have someone on next week. We have seven days to figure it out. Natasha, <laughs> call Tony Baxter. Give me a moment. <laughs> Maybe Eddie Soto. I'll call. I'll call Eddie because I've interviewed him before, and he was really nice. And he's maybe he'd be up for it. Let's see. I think he'd be up for it. Yeah. That, I think you need a DLP report mug. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Oh, oh, a DLP report checkbook and pen. Like, blankety blank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did anyone wonder if you could actually use that as a proper checkbook and pen? Because I did when I was little. I was like, can I have a checkbook and pen? I have a checkbook and Okay, so who is the winner? Oh, Darren, Darren. Thanks so much. Ben, Thank Ben's you. like sitting around going, "Why are they talking yeah. about checkbooks and pens?" Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because obviously, I can't hear what you guys are talking about during the break. So I come back and then everyone has like inside oh, this is inside jokes. Right. Everything to do with bla- um, blankety blank. Mm-hmm. Um, match game in the states. Maybe you've heard of it. I don't know. And everyone on blankety blank what a checkbook and pen. All right then. Uh, <laughs> that, well, that joke fell flat, Jeff. <laughs> okay. Like, okay, just put the music on. It's fifteen yeah. out of it. Um, Somebody out there knows about the checkbook and pen. Oh wait, are we at fifteen now, or are we at twenty? No, we're fifteen. Okay, fifteen. Yeah, yeah, fifteen. Yeah. The 15, good one. Fifteen, the good one. Just like we dreamed it. Once upon a dream parade. All right. Hi, so. this was my first ever Disney parade. Just saying. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're a child. <laughs> no comment. Elliot, when was your first visit? 2009. Oh, oh my god! Play the music. Play the music. <laughs> yeah, play the music. And when we come back, we're all going to be sharing our Disneyland Paris anniversary memories. So, well, well, Elliot's like. got two to choose from. I you can just listen and learn. All right, we'll be right back after Just Like We Dreamed It. I feel, I feel really bad. It's like not playing. There. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> Come a little closer. Come a little closer. Turn another page. In the story of what's waiting for you. Step into the wonder. Everything you picture as it comes into view. Once upon a time, used to be long, long ago. Used to be far, far
And we're back on the GLP Report podcast, just like we dreamed it. Such a good song. I forget. You I know, know when you don't listen to them all the time, you kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, man, this was this was a winner. Great song. Do you know my favorite memory of that song? You know the beginning, right? It's like the, the little chime. Mm-hmm. Um, so between Fantalusion and this at that one. time it was Wishes... I can't hear it, for sure. <laughs> oh, you can't hear it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but they kind of did like a really interesting like dreamscaping mix that lasted about five minutes from the end of Fantalusion to the beginning of Wishes. And it was just oh, wow. so perfect. <laughs> you just be like, like stood idea. on nice. Main Street and you just have like, mm. ding, 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 ding. It's like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> so obviously cool. we, we've had a lot of memories from the opening from our special <clears throat> guest, but does anyone, does anyone remember the opening? Was anyone there in 92? No. No. Nope. Yes. <laughs> Darren? I was there. Yeah, I was there in 92, but about two months after I opened, I went. Ah. Still close enough. Do you remember? Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? Like, what was, what was your, what was your, you know, we, did you just like, had you been to a Disney park before? And did you just walk in and like, your, your like jaw dropped? Like, what, how, do you I, remember? I was really, I was, I was so overwhelmed because I had, I'd been to Florida and then been to Paris. And of course, as, as we were saying, it was so hyped up that the hype around the park was so huge and the expectation was so great. And, and just walking in, yeah, the jaw, jaw definitely dropped and it was, and it was just the detail. I could really appreciate the detail even, even then. And it was just stunning. Everything was so new and perfect. It was, it was a really special time to, to visit there. Yeah. But you told me that hardly any of the class members spoke English. Like, so you had trouble getting around yeah that that was a problem for for the first year or two um um for me not for them so much but yeah mm. yeah that that interaction wasn't quite there it took a long time to bed in and and get right and and you kind of accepted it a little bit but but I having mean, been to yeah. america yeah been to america and then gone there there it, it was a difference yeah for 28 sure. years later i mean we're still yeah, there <laughs> <laughs> yeah Still working on it. <laughs> like, my, like my questions, you might not even remember this, but I'll try it anyway. So we obviously often talk about how the Disney culture has not really been in Paris cast members, and maybe it's starting to come through because of the whole generational thing, and you know, the Disney culture is becoming our culture as we go. What about '92? Did you have that feeling that okay, this is not really the Disney way or anything like that? You did. I mean, it, it was it was very strange. I always tell the story of when that there, there was always a translation for everything. So even on a menu, a croissant would be white bread. You know, there's always that strange <laughs> translation. <laughs> that actually happens. Cheesecake, so, cheesecake, cheesecake. Yes, yeah, exactly. Cheesecake. They always had to translate it and, and make. But yeah, there, there was there was somewhat of a cultural difference. But but for me, it was it was kind of accepting because the product was so incredible then. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the product was fantastic. You know, that entrance way to the Disneyland Hotel, the first time you do that, of course, you know, it's, it's epic. Um, but yeah, the, cult, the cultural difference took a long time to translate, yeah. And you couldn't have any yeah. wine back then, also when it opens. No, that that or didn't come in until wine. quite late, quite a, quite a few years later, wasn't yeah. it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. they were quite desperate to like... Desperate, yeah. <laughs> they were desperate to appease the French and like trying to throw anything at them for them to keep coming back, like, please don't leave. Uh, <laughs> that was the whole like cultural snobble thing. It was like, oh, they don't understand us. And it was like, okay, well, how do we 
do small fixes to make that work. I mean, when you look at how they opened Shanghai just a few years ago, like this, mm-hmm. I feel like the the stigma and the trauma is still very much within the company of what happened in Paris. You know, they're they're they yeah, were so they're scared and so careful, you know, distinctly, distinctly Chinese, Chinese uh, authentically, authentically Disney, Disney, or the other way. It's because they walked into Tokyo and dumped their exact same product there, and they kind of ate it up. So they thought it would be exactly the same. That's because it's, that's everywhere. what the LLC wanted. Yeah, yeah. Basically oh, went see, and went, I want that. But it's funny because, yeah. like, the French government had put a lot of clauses in the convention. I mean, I guess they were kind mm-hmm. of like silly clauses of having like a number of French flag and French speaking yes. uh, songs and French, you know, yeah. signage and all this kind of stuff. But I feel like this kind of missed the mark because this is not really what this. It's not really what it's about. It's not about like how many French flags you're going to see. I feel like they were more right. seeing it as more like a, a cocky type of way as really you have to I see it more deeper of, culturally way. I agree and also disagree because all of that French fussy thing um, in the convention actually led us down to Discoveryland as it was. So the Visionarium was actually in the convention. They had to do a 360 show about France. They had to do... Um, all of these things because this was the way like they had we wanted a land this is all the way, about this right. is the way. <laughs> <laughs> but they wanted a land all about the european visionaries and that was mandated and that led to what is still despite the fact that they have completely bastardized it um a wonderful land yeah um, i think vision, visionarium was my first attraction i went on <laughs> wow! I love the visit. I had vivid I mean, memories really cool. of it as a child, like really, really vivid memories oh. mm-hmm. of like the three sixty theater. Yeah, I remember. So, I remember walking in that theater. I remember exactly where like Timekeeper was. Sort of like you walk in and he was like to your right at the back yes. of the theater, yeah. and and all the screens around and just this show building worked so well for it. Obviously, it's custom built for it because it was round from the outside and round inside. You could just like. It was just perfect, and then and you had all the translation headsets on the side. Oh yeah, so and they had like some. Sort of... some like metal bars in the middle. Maybe this is where all the yeah, yes, they had leaning bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy. A question, a question that makes is going to make me sound like a like a new but If the Visionarium was in the con, it was in the convention. How did they get around retheming it to buzz? Good I ask myself that question a lot. I have looked into it, and I cannot find a way they've got around it. Because I just did it the whole the convention was, was it not for like just a number of years a, or something? Maybe it expired. The clause, not the convention, obviously. But the clause was for a three sixty degree show. Perhaps they got around it by saying, "Well, do you know what? Look, like, we've invested in all of this stuff, and the French government mm. may have come back and said, well, if you invest some more.'" then you can do what you want. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Disney is really good at bargaining with the French government because when you see the latest, yeah. you know, rewriting of the convention, they've definitely thrown in the $2 billion investment was the studios to mm-hmm. be able to Which is good for us. <laughs> get, yeah, but I mean, yeah. you know, the but convention that... is signed, but then like, you know, a number of years later, you can bargain again and just say, well, listen, we're going to do this. Can you let us go with that? And then it's a negotiation, I guess, just like every every agreement. But that original Discovery Land, at least the Discovery Land from my first visits, was just phenomenal. You know, you have the Tower at Alun, which was great, and the Visionarium, which was also great. And everything just worked together in this really nice, cohesive way. 
and you don't have that anymore. Yeah, it's true. true. It's true. I mean, but I mean, you know, this. I would say just one thing about Discoverland is that Star Tours and 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 the back, the back of Discoverland was never like really, never really fitted in in the land. No. No, it's too bad because you know there's no reason that they could like I feel like they could have just made that building steampunk or at least a little bit more like uh, video police. But right, but right now you have these nice lava lakes and you walk in, you've got that nice Discovery Land sign which is really great. And you've Doesn't got Orbitron in the distance, anymore. and then you look to your left and there's a cardboard cutout of Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, and I mean there's definitely. <laughs> There's definitely this vulnerable neck as well. We always end up getting stuck across some constellation because people are queuing for their crap on the right side and people are coming out of never, buzz on the left side. It never was a bottleneck. <laughs> it never was a bottleneck because for the Visionarium, you could just wander in. Yeah, because yeah, no, one was, no one was going there. <laughs> yeah. Constant floor. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. There's been rumors for years that Imagineering wanted to sort of change that buzz um, facade. But could this refurb, like, could it actually come back to the different look? No. Um, like, the problem is not the facade, the problem is the attraction. Sadly, <laughs> like, sadly I've seen the concepts, like, and they are exactly the same with, like, a few different colors. Um, yeah, they're exactly definitely. the same shape and, and all stuff, yeah. Yeah. Sad times. Um, I, I would be really happy if one day they... Like they do in the Tomorrowlands in the US, and they just look at Discoveryland and go, "Okay, well, we've done something here that we probably shouldn't have done. Let's fix it." Mm. I think we're a long way off that. Yeah, maybe like ten or fifteen years or something like that. But I think one day they'll look at Discoveryland and go, "Something just doesn't work." Yeah. Well, you know, we still have some really nice pieces. I feel like compared to some of the other Tomorrowland style lands like we don't have the worst one i mean like disneyland is a bit rough and even disney world is just a bit disjointed and now they're adding tron and they're trying to rechange all the theming and i mean it's going through the changes right now it's like the menopause of tomorrowland over there but we did have a tomorrowland discovery land that kind of defied and broke the problem with all the other tomorrowlands they just sort of went okay let's make this a tomorrowland of the path of the future seen from the past absolutely and it just works as an idea that's a brilliant idea absolutely it's such a good idea and when and, and this is what makes me so mad when they when they did mission two is because no like no this this <laughs> you know no, wait, no, like, no, no. Like this the story they went with is like oh we're gonna take the jill verne story but we're taking you further no you're not no you're not you're putting some like cheap state you know space crap from from like the Tomorrowlands in the US into the story, mm-hmm. you keep in half of it. You have this like modern, like you have all those like you know nebula posters in there. But well, then like big boulders with projections. It was awful. It just doesn't make any sense. I feel like there was a way, <laughs> there was a way to continue the Jill Verne story and to revamp and they the attraction. Out that beautiful music without without ripping out the whole essence of the attraction like why just like pump in some stupid space stuff in it you could just of course Jovian didn't write a sequel but you could imagine a sequel you imagineering you know like from de la terre à la lune just imagine a sequel to it like maybe but also you know when you're queuing now for hyperspace mountain you go through all of these really elaborate sort of rooms still themed to Jules Verne and it's like okay this just does not fit because I'm about to go onto a Star Wars ride. Why is this a thing? Yeah. I mean, 
for any guest who doesn't know the history, they're probably just like, ooh, ooh, what is this? Why is this look? Why is this Star Wars attraction looking like, uh, you know, like, anyway. And you know, you know that room uh, that you go through right before uh, yeah. you get down the stairs with the blue uh, yep, ceiling? Uh, all the stars have the initials of the engineers who worked on the attraction. Yeah. And it's like I a little, don't know. That know. whole thing is just dumb. <laughs> Anyways. Moving back to the anniversaries, who remembers the fifth <laughs> anniversary? I do. <laughs> yes, you I do. do. Darren. So, funny enough, I I don't know. Like, I'm I'm confused because I well, I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but not on the day, not on the day. But I visited. Yeah, I visited during the year. Anniversary. Ben doesn't remember it apparently. No, but like because I've definitely been in '97, like for sure. So, because I remember the castle, you know, the uh, castle overlay and and all the hunchback carnival castle. Stuff. Yeah. So I remember that, but I was not there for the actual day. But it looked from the video that it was like, a, were you there for the actual day? I was, yeah, and it was it was a it looked like spectacular a giant carnival. It, it was a spectacular day on the actual twelfth of April. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I was a, I saw the concept art that you put out today. That was. Yeah, I saw that before and everybody freaked out. I remember everyone saying, no, that's crazy. And then you see it in person. It was pretty spectacular how they did that. Yeah, it wasn't as crazy. I mean, the, 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 you know, the, the, the castle bridge was not like a giant mouth that you were walking into, which was kind of like the scariest part of that concept art. Yeah, it, was scary like, concept it was like art, some, it was some giant, yeah. scary, like full dude with two giant hands <laughs> on each side. You just walk through his mouth. And I was like, Oh God, why? Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, you know what that reminded me, that reminded me of the last Halloween um, show on castle stage, the sets. It's like that weird, story. that weird, scary looking thing. That you're like, why, why, why? Who has hurt you? Um, so, <laughs> I love what, that this is just like a thing. It's like, why? Yeah, why? And this is like my my questions about Disneyland Paris. But, the, but the, the thing with the fifth anniversary was all the everything gelled together so well. The theme, the Hunchback theme, was brilliantly displayed across the park you know you had the bells in central plaza with the moving um gargoyles on top um you had the castle all the lamp posts down main street had little jester hats on them it was really cute how they did it we get to see it <laughs> yeah. well, paris had this thing for a while they they did these movie tie-ins but they did not feel like they were forced like even the hunchback and Notre Dame stuff it never felt forced. Then they went straight in and did a Toy Story one, which again didn't feel Before forced. The Aladdin as well, didn't they? Uh, uh, kind I'm of. Sure that I, was I the thing. Like, thing that was the thing like where they gave genius. away a car. <laughs> like, they, did they, really? they did, didn't they? They gave away a Renault car, didn't they? <laughs> Every yeah, day they gave away a Renault car. <laughs> Aladdin, Aladdin, Aladdin's quiz on Castle Stage, was it? I think, yeah, that's right. Yeah, still, still being picked for the family of honor, like got, got picked for the car. <laughs> How weird! But the, on the fifth anniversary, uh, on the twelfth of April, they had this huge sort of cultural parade of carnivals from all the neighbouring countries through Europe, and the Queen's cool. Guards marched down Main Street oh, wow. with a band and everything, with the oh, Busby really hats cool. on. It was the most amazing crazy sight of, of all these various carnivals from around the world 
marching down Main Street and then streamers and there was a fly past of planes and everything, which was very cool. It was, it was probably like the first time Disneyland Paris had really kind of celebrated themselves for the fifth anniversary. Mm. Mm. Uh, it, was, it was quite a big moment for them. Because the one year was just kind of like, hey, they did, a, they did a cake castle for the one year. We survived. Yeah, the castle chateau, uh, the chateau gateau. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you remember how for the twenty-first anniversary, I think it was, they released a pin of the cake castle? I still have that. Did they really? Wow. God. <laughs> yeah, I still I have two of them actually lying around. I saw them the other day. They released it as a celebration of the twentieth anniversary of the first anniversary. It was a weird idea. Cool, <laughs> but weird. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> GLP merchandising for you <laughs> Richie don't answer that um, <laughs> is he gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay he Bye. had to go get dinner which I guess he's in charge of a cooking for himself so anyway <laughs> um, so the 10th anniversary there wasn't really that much going on was it that one <laughs> song it was a bit plain I'm sorry they, I'm eating um, my easter egg at the same time I should not be doing that yeah, on the day, I mean, on, they on, did open another park. They did do something on the twelfth of April in the morning. It was really basic what they did, but they had, they had like a castle. No, they had a cake stage in Central Plaza, and the, and the characters came on. And I think they I had the children. Remember this. And the children came on who had grown up with the park. They do this occasionally. They bring out the kids who are the same age as the park, and um, and they sang Happy Birthday. And there's lots of streamers, and and that was it. <laughs> have you missed a uh, notable anniversary darren um i don't think i went for the actual 15th i went during the year but i wasn't oh, there on the day of the 15th shocking what with miley cyrus was it mine it was wasn't it it was for the 20th yes. For the 15th. yes it was miley cyrus she did a whole weird performance they had this float with a slide on it for no reason of course she had a slide <laughs> well this is in her days where she was like just from hannah montana mm, yeah. but they made this bizarre float if you ever look it up um it's so strange so they did they have this i don't know that was just a giant slide on a float that made no sense at all <laughs> <laughs> it was not anniversary used. <laughs> miley cyrus 25th anniversary terry hatcher Mm. Was it? Project. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I should remember that. Was there? <laughs> Not John Lennon. John. John Legend. John Lennon. Uh, yeah. John Lennon. <laughs> so wait. So Walt Disney Studios opened also on the twelfth of April, but they had the no, no. March. March. So they had they had March sixteenth, right? wasn't it? March sixteenth. Yeah. And so this is when they had Britney Spears, though. And Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child, yeah, on the back on the back yeah. lot, wasn't it? <laughs> I always call that the Destiny's Child stage when when it was there. Yeah, the I mean, thing it's ever been useful for. Yeah, that was, that was oh snap. Um, that was kind of um, yeah. I don't know. You know that I feel like for two thousand two, that Walt Disney Studio opening show was just kind of like a hot mess. 
It was very cheesy. You could tell that they, they didn't want to show the park. I think it's so they obvious. Only, they only showed Inside Studio One front lot and then the three sets. That's the only things they showed. Yeah, but they never what, really, what? like, you never really get, like, a whole, like, overview of the park. You see just, like, little corners that are very much, mm-hmm. like, set up for the performances because, obviously, they were ashamed of that park. If you watch Imagining Story, there's a whole lot of reasons. It's truth there, yeah. There's a, there was a lot of... Um, um, David Hasselhoff in in the Armageddon vehicle. Oh it's a really long. Yeah. It's a really long section, just to pad it out a bit. <laughs> well, that was kind of was like that was the highlight of the park. Was what else was to do in 2002 when it opened? I hope we get a TV special for like Frozen Land. It deserves well, it. So yeah, the opening, as kind of Patrick says, I mean, you don't even have Tower of Terror. You've got the Tram Tour, the Art of Animation. Um, you Rock had carpets, flying carpets. Cinemagy, the Disney Channel thing, yeah. and Armageddon, Rock and Roller Coaster, and the Stunt Show. That's it. That's all you had. That's also. Yeah. So then, yeah. then came, came fifteen, and fifteen was a pretty good one. They reused like the um, they reused the the you know the manholes from the Winter Lights, which was an amazing thing they had at first of Christmas. To have those poles, right? The fifteen poles when they had those like big poles yeah. for like was it princesses on there or characters? No, flags? so they were they were blue. They were it was a blue, Lumiere, with, like, wasn't it? Lumiere yeah. was the mascot, I think. Uh, and they yeah. had that really cool thing in Central Plaza, if you remember, like the big fifteenth statue of Lumiere as a photo prop. That was cool. Yeah, just on the side, that wasn't was cool. it? Yes, that's right. And then there's, there was a show. I remember seeing, there was many shows for the 15th. Yeah. The 15th was great for shows. And no, but yeah. I mean, like, for the actual day, they had, like, a stage in Central oh. Plata, and it said, like, yeah, happy birthday in the back. Yeah. yeah. The 15th was less for the day and more for the whole year, though, wasn't there? Is that, yeah. is that the first one that you went to, Elliot, 15th? No. Oh, well, no, I don't. I, no, I went, like, a week after I finished. <laughs> the I, I went for the... 15th was my... First anniversary year, I think I may have gone for the tenth actually, but I don't remember. Was it like a media? Were you, was was DLP Jump Square a thing back then? No, not for the fifteenth. Huh. Started during the twentieth. So there was no there was no media. Um, so there did was, you get... there was a media event though? Right, uh, but I, I mean, like not for because I was in the like... fan stuff. Ah, I was I was kind of in the fan community, so I remember the first night, which was the thirty first of March. They did a whole thing where guests could watch, and they did Candelabration, but they did it, like, massive. Right. So if you remember Candelabration, the show where they did all the lights, yeah. and each of the turrets on the castle had a candle, um, but they went into this massive firework display, like, to likes of which I've never seen before. I haven't seen since at Paris, actually. But it was insane. Wow. That, is, that was crazy. Like, it got to the point where I was getting, at the end, smoky like really smoky i've seen videos of that obviously i was not there um Um, and so for the 20th we got disney dreams which i think was like one of the best one of the best premieres of any anniversaries because finally it wasn't just like you know little things here and there it was like a big new show and it was so innovative has everyone seen the channel 5 disney dreams documentary yeah yeah Oh yes, they did that, didn't they? Yeah, and, and that was probably the first time they really used like social media because it was in inverted commas broadcast live, wasn't it? Oh, well, <laughs> so Disneyland Paris were actually even for the coming back to the fifteenth, 
they were kind of ahead on the online stuff. So before the Disney Parks blog, mm. Disneyland Paris actually had a 15th anniversary blog that was really good, regularly updated like every week or so. And it was really, really strong. Huh. And since then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> but they just, they just contracted in a journalist. I think she worked for like Vogue or something and just like went, can you write something for us every week? Oh, interesting. Maybe they should do that more. Yeah. <laughs> um, so should we move to the, so we were talking about the 20th, but 20th was also when Magic Everywhere um, came out. I'm the character. Yeah. This is me segueing into another um, music break. break. <laughs> <laughs> but they also did, on so, April 12, 2012, um, they cute. did a masterclass with Tony Baxter. Oh, really? And they had a show celebrating each land in every land. But on... Ah, interesting. Because for the 25th, I also met Tony Baxter. Yeah, but he didn't do a masterclass for for any guest. This was for all guests. You just walked into Hyperion and you could watch it. Oh, you're joking. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, we had like a thing at uh, Toad Hall where he was just... I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the if, you've, if you've met Tony Baxter, he he has, and I love him, and I love his work, but he does have like a standard, you know, speech story <laughs> for when he's just there to just talk about his life and his work, and it makes sense because you know how much can you reinvent yeah. the, your own life story, right? But it's kind of like when once you've seen one, you've kind of seen most of them. <laughs> <laughs> so we got yeah. we got that we got that version. It was great. It's great because it's so fascinating. He's such a great storyteller. I remember seeing like randomly Disneyland Paris gave a whole bunch of fans a guided tour of the park. I think for the twenty fifth with Tony Baxter. And I remember watching the videos oh, and yeah. there's this whole video tour and stuff like that. And then he stands in the hub and says, "Okay, so which land do you want to go to?" And I'm thinking, I've heard so many stories about Tony Baxter and Frontierland. Please go to literally any other land. And all of the people on that tour go, oh, we should go to Frontierland. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he did like something easy <laughs> score. He, he did something at the fifth anniversary on the, I think it was the 12th of April in, in the afternoon in, in Walt's restaurant upstairs, afternoon tea. Uh, it was kind of something that fans knew about. And he, and he did one of his talks there. And you're, you're right. It's, it's the same kind of pattern that, that he does, but it's still fascinating. But um, and then, and Marty Sklar came along as well to that one. Oh wow! So that, wow. that was that was Good. quite a moment that that he was there. Yeah. So I, let's I just, just... I'd pay anything to sit in a room with uh, Tony Baxter for half an hour or so. That'd be amazing. I know, right? But he's uh, the thing. The thing to you know, we're talking about guests for the podcast. It's easy. It's easy-ish. It's easier to ask Eddie Soto, who who's not with Disney anymore. Anyone who's with Disney. Um, he's not with Disney anymore. Eddie Soto, he's not. But Tony no, Baxter. Tony's... No, he's not. Um, he's, he's, still, he's an American. He's still contracted. He's still contracted yeah. with Disney. Yeah. No, not as a maybe not as an attraction designer or land designer, but he's a contracted with them. And so trying yeah, to get he him, has some sort yeah. of emeritus title, I think. I can't remember what yeah. it is. But so it's it's always harder to get you know people like that because you have to go through the whole ladder of Disney and what's possible and and we actually we tried to get the ambassadors to come on the live show during um the lockdown but they're not allowed because you know there's no uh no official statements no official statements must come out and so they're not allowed to express uh, themselves which 
It's too bad, but hey, we still love them. All right, so let's listen to Magic Everywhere, and when we come back, we can talk about the 25th anniversary, which really is just going to be a short segment bashing Disney elimination. Yeah, sounds good? So think about what you don't like about Disney eliminations, and we'll discuss it in the next segment. We'll be right back.
And we're back. You know, I was so mad at that song for <laughs> looping. What's going on over there? We're having the same conversation. <laughs> you said 20 seconds. So Elliot counted 20 seconds. And I just said, oh, welcome back. But the problem <laughs> so thanks for having me. <laughs> the problem is that, uh, I don't know, my, my second counter on my screen is now accurate or something. I don't know. Sorry. Um, I was so mad at that song for looping literally 10 times. We, we were the literally parade. saying the same thing. Five years like, of oh, hearing that song that. 20 times a day. I hated that. And they still use it now when years. the park opens. Yeah, but you know what? That's cute now because you kind of hear it and you're like, oh, memories. It's just like a few seconds. But I mean, how? Like, how? In, in like 2012, they decided to I have swear, they try and, three they minutes try and of music that loop around. And they try and pull that shit. 20 minutes of parade that was i i was just so outraged by it and even like first timers that i brought to the park were like are they playing that song again and like so the song yeah. would end and there would be a few seconds of blank where all the performers <laughs> no, like uh, their hands in the stop. air and they were like Ta-da! and then they would just go again <laughs> and i was like oh jesus i'd be yeah. so mad so but this mad. is this is of course also after they had um each uh segment had a loop on one time dream parade and phantom Main Street Electrical Parade. It wasn't a technical reason at all. It was it was just like a weird it was money. choice. Was <laughs> yeah, it money. Was it though? Is <laughs> it because they have like sixteen versions of that Magic on Parade song? They even <laughs> have it. They made a random St. Patrick's Day. Though. Right, they have Why? the Irish version. Why don't we just cut? The, I mean, no offense, Patrick. Love you. <laughs> I, I love you, but no, no, let's cut everywhere. the damn Irish version and give me a proper go. parade music. <laughs> it's Patrick. Here comes Patrick. Oh, let's, <laughs> let's let's just say, regardless of what we like, I don't really, I don't even think I've heard the Irish version. But let's just say, Magic on Parade. <laughs> my least favorite parade music and parade floats ever in a Disney park and I'm going to say it now I hate yeah. it I like the they, they also had they had an Irish version they had a Christmas version two Christmas versions actually because they had they actually did a whole Christmas mix did and they, they had I didn't one know where this. Just, yeah, they wow. did yeah. Yeah. They had and then they versions. also had one where it was just magic everywhere but with a couple of like bells in the end like, <laughs> and, and it was during the opening fanfare it went Ding, 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 so and then I just carried on as normal. So I didn't know one thought about doing a, a parade, a proper theme parade soundtrack. Anyway, yeah. So they spent all the money on dreams. Right, but can it be that much more expensive? I don't know. Cut the railroad for six months, Damon, and give us a proper one. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so yeah, I was very glad when the 25th anniversary came around and we got a proper. If they try and, if they try and pull this shit on the third, yes, no, I'll be, I would like make them this music myself. I hope they don't. No, they won't. It's, I feel like we've moved on now because they have the yeah. new sound system. You know, they like mm-hmm. have this whole Wi-Fi. They spent a lot control. of money on that sound system. Yes, Friday, didn't and they? it's all like GPS, Wi-Fi. Yeah. I mean, everything. Yeah, we, we, we were saying uh, in, Jan- in January in uh, Disney World's when you stand in the hub and listen to Happily Ever After, the sound system difference between Paris and there, Paris is booms out. It's such a good sound system yeah, in comparison. Yeah. It's just... It's very, very bassy in Paris. We do have yeah, some nice things. Yeah, it really things. gets inside you. <laughs> we have some nice things. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, are we sure that there will be a 30th parade, given the fact that the resort is basically leaking money now? Well, you know, I mean, I bet like, to stars, like I don't think, or something. But I think that was the, I think that was the plan all along. When they say, you mm-hmm. know, a new parade. I mean, if you look at the way 
the parades are renewed. It's like basically the you know the half decades you get a new parade, and on the main decades you get a new nighttime show. Isn't that how it works? So I'm assuming we're getting a new nighttime show or a nighttime parade. And please give just, us a new nighttime but show. The thing is, the it's going to go dream. from like you know stars on parades to like I don't know like fantasy, fantasy on parade, and then. <laughs> They'll, but the problem uh, is, with um, Once Upon a Dream, they could change it easily because it was just the books. I can't see how the, the stars and phrase floats are so like custom that you can't just like put some new paint on and a new prop and I call it a different some movie. People, some people would argue that there is no real team in Stars on Parade, so they no, can but just as put... in the floats themselves, <laughs> like you can't, you couldn't no, take. They just, it's they're it's just not like a base. Dump, They're just gonna dump the Tokyo floats. Those to- okay, those yeah. Tokyo floats are literally made of cardboard and are on the brink of collapsing. Like, I don't know yeah. how it is safe to have performers on there. <laughs> like, <laughs> on, a, on a floating pirate ship. Like, hey, that <laughs> line, have you watched that Lion King float, like, jump around? Like, it's going oh everywhere. God. When it goes over the rails, like, literally the whole top of it is, like, swinging around. And I'm like, oh, boy, oh, boy, this is the day. It's, it's today. It's going to happen today. Um, yeah, but hopefully, you know, obviously they have good checks and everything's fine but i feel like the lion king floats and the peter pan floats could be replaced with some floats. moana what are some floats I think we, that are we more could, uh, in replace, theme with uh, the other finding ones? dory float yes but i mean let's face it that <laughs> float is like free to run because there's there's like three dancers <laughs> with it and there's no performers on it mm-hmm. and so why why change it right but I, I feel like they're going to take the Aristocats floats from Happiness is Here and put that in. But I feel like I feel like the you know uh, uh, thematically and in on design point of view, the Peter Pan float and the Lion King float really stand out because first they're not shiny like the other ones. The other yeah. ones look like giant toys; they're shiny. And then those two ones, they're not shiny; they're just kind of more traditional floats. Yeah. They just really yeah. stand out. I feel in the parade, even like you know the Toy Story float is shiny and. Even uh, Crush, he's useless, but he's shiny. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. the bases, and it's like I feel like there's the I don't know, yeah. So that's my rant. Sorry. Has there, has there, <laughs> has there ever been a Disney on Paris parade that didn't have a Peter Pan float? Because I'm just thinking about it through the years, and I don't think <laughs> that there's always been a Peter Pan element to a parade. Yeah, I think to. you're right. You that's because to. Paris keeps it very safe, doesn't it? We've, we've yeah. spoken about this a little bit before. For Paris, the thing they love doing is just, well, Lion King works. Okay, well, you can have Lion King everywhere then. But the thing is, like, they have to, you know, and we were talking about that on previous shows, they have to appeal to so many different cultures. Whether in the US, you have the American cultures, and in culture, and in Tokyo, you have the Japanese culture. And it's easy to figure out. I mean, you know, you know, because the media is quite uniform in each country, and if they had only to cater to the French, I feel like it would be really easy to just like change things up with like whatever the French like this day or this year or this season. But like, you also have to appeal to the German, the Spanish, the Italian, the UK, and just all the international guests. And it's always because been. The truth is, it's the international guests that make them the most money. Like things aren't in English for a joke. Like money's talks, you know? Yeah, and I mean, look also... at, look at uh, you know, the Jungle Book Jive. There is a huge influx of guests from India. There is. Uh, and a lot yeah. of them, a lot of them are VIP, a lot of them stay at a Disneyland hotel, a lot of them are like rich families, or I don't know who they are, but 
they're here and the jungle boot dive appealed to them and it was just wonderfully done and we love it and but it shows that they're really trying to appeal to everyone but also you have the lion king show and this is all we ended up with lion king and jungle which really technically hello two different continents but (laughs) sure i think but we've mentioned this before in that when you look at magic happens you've got that really good mix between here's just some properties that we know work and just are great and here's also some new stuff to satisfy people who want to see something a little bit different, a little bit new, something you've not seen in a parade before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in Paris, yeah. I think they try to do that with Finding Dory because the crush float is really a Finding Dory float. But, I mean, it kind of mm-hmm. fell flat. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but, you know, we're, there's, sometimes they're pretty good. We were the first resort to have a frozen float in Magic on Parade. They, we like, were. They, like, yeah. ripped out half a float and made a... a based on a movie that was not even released so you know yeah and they also did it with um uh disney dreams of christmas okay yes the production cost there was shared with california adventure but we had it yeah we actually debuted it first as well yeah so you know and we also debuted the first frozen two float with amazing sven oh, i miss him mm-hmm. i wonder what it's up to i wonder what is it up to right now <laughs> I haven't seen both of the floats. I, I actually think Paris, because of like Sven and whatever, I genuinely think that Paris is is, is like, is I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm, I, I prefer it personally because I feel like it gives more animation to the whole fact that there's like a like a Sven who's like properly interacting with Kristoff and not just moving his head from left to right. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's a great float. And I feel like it's really strange having Arnold stood up in that boat. Like it just doesn't sit right with me, you know? Uh, that bothers me much less. I don't know. For me, Sven makes our float the difference. Well, Sven saved yeah. all the Frozen shows. I mean, if you go to Animation Celebration on the other side, he's also kind of like the main events. Like once I move to the second room, I'm like, okay, let's you know, let's sing, let's get this over with. I've seen what I wanted to see. <laughs> I've seen Sven. <laughs> but I also think in that show, that first room is much better than the second room. Yeah. Well, yeah. because even the it's so set hard to make the ice castle in such a small stage. You remember what the stage used to be? That was the second stage was the yeah. one where the animator was on, and like yeah. you could. I mean, granted, the space was not used the same way, but I remember that stage had barely enough room for the guy on his chair and like two desks yeah. or something, and like a screen. <laughs> and now it has like like an ice castle. The second, the light, <laughs> the light in the second room is phenomenal, and I feel like that for me saves a lot of it. Because because they they kind of do as much as they can, and I I like in that in that instance I feel I I'm kind of a bit more open minded to what they're doing because like they did try and do as much as they could. They didn't call it in and it's like man whatever yeah. we we'll yeah. just do a screen fine. Like they did try their best, and when they tried their best, and they, they obviously they couldn't build a whole new stage for that show. So like I'm I'm kind of like. I've, I I let Disney away with stuff when I'm like they try their best. I feel like sometimes when they don't try their best, then that's when you're kind of like you're phoning it in and it, it shows. And then when they're always on about oh it's all, the story, it's the heart of what we do, and then you realize that they phone in a parade, like the Frozen Two parade, they phone that in like a hundred percent. Like oh it's the story, and like what's the story here? Because yeah. nobody gets it. <laughs> apart from like Chris, I'm saying let's oh Poppy told me it was this way. It was like great, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think animation celebration is definitely quality. It's small. Yeah. It is whatever you know. People are standing and small, and but I think I think they did they did amazing with what they had. Uh, yeah, it's a really fun. And, show. and the Frozen like, Two float is beautiful. 
it's just not used right. But the Frozen 2 float in itself is beautiful, and I hope I hope they reuse it, and I hope that Frozen season is on the cutting board from the budget cuts and not other things that could be more interesting. Honestly, no, they'll, they'll take out the Frozen float from Stars on Parade and dump it and use it for something else and replace it with that Frozen Maybe. 2 float for the, for the 30th yeah. parade. That would be, that would be good, because... Cause they're so high, aren't they? Stars on parade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, they're way up there. It's a, yeah, that's a really difficult taking pictures. It's it a problem for most of the new floats. It's also. a problem to see Buzz. It's a problem to even see Mickey and Minnie. Mm. You know, because they're just waving well, from up there. It's like they're out a window. The thing I don't like with the Mickey and Minnie, I really like where they're sat and I really like the book. But you can pick a side, you will not see them on the other side because they're just there's that giant book in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, we found time. We found time to have a go at Disney Stars on Parade before we had to go at Illumination. <laughs> I know, but I feel like I feel like we've ran out of things to say about Illumination. Like it just needs to go for the thirtieth. Like, please, do we have? Yeah. Well, do we have less than two there. years to go of this. Maybe we only have less than two years. You know, that's that's good news. Well, it would might you be prefer gone in two years? That'd what nice. would you prefer? What would you prefer? Replace it? A mediocre fireworks show? A mediocre nighttime parade? Or what would you? What would you rather replace Illumination to the thirtieth? I would prefer it to be replaced by a decent night nighttime parade and a mediocre yeah. projection show with no fireworks. Yes, hundred percent. Cost the money. It's it's just how it's going to be, and add the fireworks at the weekends or something. Like, that's not the problem. The problem is keeping the park open in like May, April, and May when it's quiet until ten o'clock, so they can yeah, do this. Yeah, the thing is, the thing is, uh, average guests don't really care about the projections. Sorry, they care about the fireworks. That's what I hear from people who are not like massive Disney fans. And so, at some point, people are going to have to go on severance and stop getting used to having fireworks every night. It needs to stop. It just needs to stop. So one day this is going to happen. And the only way that you can get people to accept that is that is if there is a great nighttime parade. Now, when I say a projection show, I mean for like the long summer nights because, you know, maybe they can run a nighttime parade twice, but not on every night and not on every season that the sun goes down, you know, pretty late. So in the meantime, they could have for the mid-season, when the sun goes down a little bit earlier, they could have a projection show. Like, uh, which one was the one from Tokyo that they moved to Disney World? Once Upon a Time. Yeah, Once yes. Upon a Time. Yeah. You know, it was, the, it was a lovely was show, and, yeah. and you would just walk by and watch it, and it was nice. It was like 10, 15 minutes. It was great, and it would run like three, it, runs, it used to run like three or four times during the night in like busy season. And there was something happening in the hub while you were eating your ice cream. It was cute. Um, I, I I completely agree with uh, a point that Ben made last week, I think it was, where we were talking about um, the the electrical parades and that being the thing that you could only get at Disney. No one will do an electrical parade other than mm. Disney. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. true. And I feel like now, yeah, those all those projection shows, you know, they're great. But you can see them in Central Paris on uh, City Hall. You can see them in Notre Dame. You can see them in London. You can see them on the American Embassy in Paris. They do a great one, actually. That's produced by Disneyland Paris. Um, how feasible do you think it would be for and like just, like just imagining how feasible would it be for an electrical parade to come back? Do you think they would even actually consider it, or are they just going yeah, to take it away? It's like it's, whatever. It's definitely 
it's definitely something that is on the drawing board, or at least has been recently. Um, well, I feel like the it sounds like the idea that they have now is hybrid parades. So, like, you'd have a day parade mm-hmm. where some of the floats, or all of the floats, or maybe but all I mean, of stars the floats, and plus... That anyway. mm, but Stars and Parade doesn't have nighttime parade lights. They have, you know... Yeah, but magic they have just enough have nighttime parade lights. But magic they have dust, is dust not... lights, don't they? Yeah. Magic happens is not a nighttime parade. It's not. That's not what I'm talking about. Apparently, what they're working on for Christmas is a parade that has like thousands of lights and LED costumes and and LED flashing lights with the music and all that stuff on floats that are also used during the day. I personally, but this is just my because I I can't even imagine how that would look. I personally, I'm I'm not excited as much about having one parade and have it just wheeled out at nighttime and have it look nice. I but that's just because I haven't seen I haven't never seen a nighttime parade. And I in my head I'm like I kinda imagine something like grandiose like Paint and I or a Main Street Electrical Parade or Fantalusion. Because yeah. I've seen nine, but I've never seen one in real life. And I don't know sorry, when sorry. one parade is trying to do two things, will it do either one well, if that makes sense? If if you're talking about capacity, Paris definitely has the capacity to run a daytime parade and a nighttime parade on yeah. the same day. They have it done has, it for many, many, many years. Yeah. Mm. yeah I'm I'm curious. As, I'm curious as to whether they will. They 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 kind of like we were saying in previous episodes. Uh, I I'm curious as to whether they'll just want to go and take the risk or just kind of play it safe. I'm like, man, we can just order a new nighttime parade, a nighttime show, and just do that, and it's easier. I think the good thing with doing a, a potential electrical parade, let's say on the 30th anniversary year, is it would have been 10 years since Disneyland Paris had an electrical parade. And I yeah. think that is enough time to get it completely out of the public consciousness. You do not see people, or Paris fans even, talking about Fantalusion anymore, other than, oh yeah, I remember that, that was a thing. Yeah, I liked that. You bring it back, you bring an electrical parade for the 30th, and all of a sudden it's, oh my gosh, Disney, Disney did that, wow. Yeah. yeah, I think as well, and like the fact that I, I know this sounds a bit silly, but like in 2012, social media was not the same as it is in 2020. So like, I feel like there could be a massive kind of it could really enter into consciousness if they brought it back in 2022. And you can think of all the things that you can do in 2022 that you couldn't do in 2012, like li- lives and like pictures and how like Instagram is a massive thing. It, I don't know. It yeah. feels like it could be like a really great ad for the resort. One of the things that yeah, we're talking about, the, one of the, the, the thoughts, I don't know if it's a rumor, but like obviously um, Hong Kong has a pit the night parade and um, is going to have an anniversary pretty soon. And if the parade stops there, they might look to ship it to another resort, which could be us or we, which could be Shanghai, for example. Um, and while I, I also hope- remember that um, in Burbank, there is currently sitting in a shed a Disneyland version of Paint the Night that has not yeah. been used for what three years now criminally but I feel like I feel like Disneyland would send it to Disney World before they send it to anywhere abroad whether no, Hong it doesn't, Kong it doesn't it's not, it wouldn't work in Disney World because the floats are too wide to work in Magic Kingdom so it's impossible how are they too wide oh for, for they can't Magic go over there. the bridge yeah uh-huh. but uh, I mean you know and my point was while I would be happy to get Paint the Night in Paris because it's a beautiful parade I mm-hmm. kind of want something new, something different. But yeah. hey, you know. But we just I, have, yeah. at, at this point, I would take Paint the Night just because I remember. And I'm okay, we had the Main Street Electrical Parade. We all went to Disneyland last year and we all enjoyed that. 
Um, but at the same oh, time, that gave me felt. sorry, Patrick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I just that brought back the whole. Oh my gosh, nighttime parades are my absolute favorite. I love them. Like, I I don't it know. Does, it does have that excitement thing. when you just sit on the on Main Street or everywhere and just wait for it to roll. And then that anti- that's that anticipation, lights. isn't it, of the parade yeah. coming, the anticipation, the energy and excitement. And yeah. you don't always and get that just, when you're waiting for a fireworks show. And it's dark, and you can see the light flashing in the distance, and you can hear the music, yeah. you know, My growing, most vivid memories from my first trip and to the LP at Pantolution. Like, yeah. You know? And it's the lights turning out, right? That's the moment. You remember oh, the yes. lights turning oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a big moment. There is a video of um, a cast member at Disneyland. <laughs> Who sits in the middle of Main Street, and you know, during for Panda Nights, uh, the you know the announcement starts, and then it just goes, boom, and um, he just pretends to play golf and like you know puts an imaginary ball in the middle of Main Street, and he just goes like a big swing, and right when he goes oh, like, boom, so cool. he just go like boom, and everyone's like, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> didn't Richie find his TikTok? Like, maybe oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> and it's kind of fun. And they, you know the cast members are like all have flashy things and they're all super excited and yeah it, there's tons of excitement for night temporary more than the day one the day one i feel like you know sometimes it's cold or it's hot or you're tired or i don't know the mid-afternoon you know it's it's still fun and exciting but the nighttime is kind of like the you know the conclusion of your day and you just stare in front right. of me so typically the soundtracks have a lot more to them i think um yeah you look at paint the night it's very energetic the lighting and everything oh, everything paint, is super paint the night paint the night on paris's sound system would be very good oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and just and it's the whole thing with nighttime parades is just how alive you feel during them and after them. like yeah. it's a real spectacular end of the night and it's personal as well like parades are personal more than fireworks shows because mickey can still look and wave at you and that's a great moment to leave on potentially to end your day yeah. do, do you think they still have to do them at, at park closing or uh, no. it depends on the time of year not necessarily i mean because of that surge of people that leave the park to go to the rer or hotels or wherever would that work better for the evenings I mean, they could do them like you know, if the park closes at eleven, they could do them at ten, at ten, and then you end at ten. But they also and have, have to time. restructure the whole entertainment day because, like, you couldn't run stars on parade at five thirty and then a nighttime parade at like seven. Like, well, that's good they, because they stars have, on parade they have been able to earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they've been able to do it in the past. Like, they operationally, a nighttime parade can happen at Paris. It's happened. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so for the 30th, we would like a nighttime parade. Please put it on the order. Uh... <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> on the invoice. <laughs> I just have a question for the team, because I've asked this question before to, to be individually, but I just thought, if for the 30th anniversary, color schemes, what color schemes do you think they'll use for the 30th anniversary? Red and gold. After, after, yeah, after, yeah, we already know this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Is it red and gold? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. It has yeah. to be. It's, uh, it's all, it alternates, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, but like, this like has to, has to be or like genuinely will be. It is genuinely will be. I'm sure they said that as Jean-Luc Yeah, I think oh. definitely. There's definitely going to be some red. I don't know about the gold. Maybe it'll be like red and silver, but I think really red and gold. Red be, and gold yeah. is yeah. nice. Though. Yeah, it's nice. But what enough, course, like, uh, Patrick is disappointed. <laughs> 
What did you want? Like pink and blue or? (laughs) I'm not happy, but like, will not red and gold not feel a bit too much like Christmas? No, I think it'll be like bright gold, you know? Yeah, more like, uh, like burgundy type of. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. Jen, we're we're about a year out from actually knowing things about this. That's exciting. Right. Yeah. Oh wow! Yes. Like next year is our last normal birthday before we ramp up for like another celebration, which is really exciting. How crazy yeah. that's been five years. <laughs> oh. yeah. Isn't it weird how for Paris fans, I guess they do this a lot in Tokyo as well, really. But we kind of live from anniversary to anniversary. It's really weird, but cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know we don't get that much between our anniversaries compared to the others. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's not like at D23 they can come out and go, hey, we're doing a new parade for Disneyland. And everyone goes, oh, my gosh, that's cool. Like, we know that there will probably be a new parade and nighttime show in two years' time. Yeah. Can't wait. Oh, and, uh, we'll probably actually, know. The first time we hear about this will probably be D23 next year. We'll probably get a logo or something. Maybe, yeah. Mm. Same pattern Remember, as the 25th. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my, fa- my favorite thing was when they accident- when they kind of revealed it at D23 no, and then no, Paris was like no <laughs> don't worry about it yeah. and then it actually came out and of course it was the logo <laughs> well do you think go back to like the standard aerial font with like the, for the 30 to go with the 20th anniversary or was it like what was it like Comic Sans or Ariel or something it was just like a regular font <laughs> <laughs> I would Very love happy. the logo to be Comic Sans yeah <laughs> Don't joke. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> All right, guys, we have to we have to go because we're we're gonna hit three hours. And um, thank you for everyone who's still listening. <laughs> because I know you guys Sorry have nothing. Else, I know you guys have nothing else to do probably because it's stuck at home. But still, <laughs> uh, so I'll put the I'll put the show on the podcast feed, and I'll be great because I actually want to listen to your interview again. Uh, from earlier, that was. Really that cool. was I think you should cut that up into its own segment and release that as like its own thing. Maybe, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll see. Yeah, um, that was such a cool interview, actually. I really cool. that. So, thank you guys for sticking around, and um, I'm sure we'll be back. Well, not next week, because that would mean tomorrow, but the week after, probably on Monday, we'll go back on a regular Monday schedule if we're still confined. Which, let's face it, we'll probably are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we'll finish with uh, the April 12, 2017 Grand Celebration finale. So it's a version of Every Day is a Celebration, but it's the version from the April 12 um, show. So there you go. Thank you, guys. And we'll Happy see you anniversary. Thank you. Happy anniversary. Happy, Happy 28th. Happy Thank you, Darren. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Patrick. It's been really Thank nice you, to have you on, Darren. Yes. Thank you. Thank, thanks for inviting yeah, us. It's good fun. You should come back. It. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Merryweather? Most certainly, dear. Now then, I'd say our magical grand celebration is complete. And that means dreams will come true for many years to come. Forever and ever and... <coughs> oh. And, and evermore!